Slow Life Podcast. Welcome. I am going uh, McGillicuddy, and I will be doing mist for this entire episode. That was a sound. Jesus. And I am here with Scum. Hi, I'm Pure. I'm not going to explain that further. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we are also joined uh, by Zero. Welcome back again, listeners. Once again, Beck, it's the unlistenable Less Than Zero. <sighs> so, before we get started on uh, this hoot of an episode, I uh, <laughs> want to call attention. Like, we put out a news episode last uh, last last ep, and in that time, so much news has happened. But the so one <laughs> keeps coming. The one piece of news in particular that I really enjoyed is in South Carolina, F-35 <laughs> pilot ejected in their stealth fighter, which then disappeared. So mission accomplished. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't find that yet? No, they did. They did. They found oh, okay. it 60 miles away, though. They found a debris trail, you know? Yeah. Whatever was going on, that pilot was like, nope, yank. The first thing I thought was B. There's a B in there. <laughs> There's a B in the cockpit. There's got to be something. It's got to be. Or, or I mean, oh. you, you know, I want to believe the B. <laughs> I suspect that they, were, they, like, put some new firmware update, and the firmware update was just like, hey, meet, you want to see what 10Gs is like? And he's like, nope. <laughs> that was it. He's out. Yeah, do they have, like, an auto-eject for, like, catastrophic system failure? Well, like, it'd be even funnier if the plane just ejected probably. Yeah. Probably. It's like, I want to be free. And the, the pilot, as he's floating down, is like, yeah, but you burned 1,500 fucking gallons an hour. <laughs> be free for about, some, about, uh, about yeah. an hour. That you shit was incredible. I, I, someone linked me to the, the 911 call of the pilot who's like trying to explain to the <laughs> operator what, what happened. He called 911. Well, what are you going to do? And I'm I, glad he's okay. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no. I, I heard he got fucked up, though. I heard he, like, might have injured his leg or something. Okay, like fair that. enough. But, like, you would think you're piloting, like, some sort of stealth plane that you have, like, a special government number that you call saying, like, hey, send the ambulance, you know? Nah. Or you think the plane <laughs> would have an, you think the plane would have an air tag? I mean, sure, sure, why not? Well, no, see, that's because it wouldn't be stealth. Like, they, this is where... <sighs> This is where you overdesign the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God it's not autonomous. They want to make those. <laughs> no, I love him. I love America's like weapon programs because the whole point is they're all scams. Basically, this one. It, absolutely. Any, this is legendary. Yes. Like they haven't man. Just audit the Pentagon. Let's just fucking get to yeah. the bottom of this motherfucker. Because I want to see who got rich on it. Yeah. All that money's going to play work. I mean, this is the era. I, I just got done listening to, you know, shout out to the doll for putting out two like, <laughs> extremely massive, great episodes about Musk. So we don't ever have to talk about it. Yep. Um, but he was just talking about how, like, that's all he does. Is he just like, you know, the Hyperloop, he, ran, he fundraises all this stuff just to stop hypes to be real because he hates public transportation. You know, like, you know, he doesn't like being on a train with people because a real piece of work. Like, yeah, but fuck that guy. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's what all this stuff is. This thing. It's been a development for fucking what 25 30 years they don't yeah. even have one that's like can, it's combat ready like yeah because that's how you get funding and that's they how you get supposed paid to have their software suite till 2019 and i'm not convinced it's there yet <laughs> and it's 1.7 trillion here's here's the that's question why, here's the question why we can't have healthcare. yeah, yeah exactly like i have a question though did it ever work or is this no. or like no. okay so this no, no, is no 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 they're building this thing uh in concurrency which gonna, means they're yeah. just building it and so it's not even, and as problems pop up, they'll figure it out. 
Right. Oh my God. It's the same. It's, uh, and they've already sold like, these to different countries. I think they've sold some to like Israel. They've sold some to like. This isn't even a scam where like it's a weapon system that like it works, but because like the researchers and the engineers just want to keep getting funding for the department, they just like, no, we have to we have to upgrade it to like Mark 613. Oh, it, totally. Right. It, yeah. That's not even this because it doesn't, it's, it was never finished. It's, it's still, still in like Mark in beta, chasing, like Mark Zero. I don't even chasing I can't believe, I can't believe they're <laughs> calling it, they've given it the F designation. Like, oh, it is an X still. Like it is not <laughs> ready. done. I mean, you know, it's not. It's not ready. I, they, like I will rant about this until they like somebody gets indicted. <laughs> it's just it's such a disappointment. Like I want to like this thing, but you know, here they are, twenty five, thirty years after like the, uh, the fucking bidding war between them and uh, Boeing, and it's like, hey, VTOL is, is still good and tactical, right? No. Uh, it makes you stationary. <laughs> you have a you have a supersonic jet. That's not what they're for. They're not yeah. meant to stay sit there. Oh. Like, we thought that was a good idea. I. Let's make it has, to, do, it has to be multi-role. What? When did VTO out? Like we have helicopters that will do the job just as well. And those are Better. just as likely. And those are just as likely to kill you as anything else. It's yeah. also worth the point too of like we could just fill someone's engines with like drones. And just clog right. their like end them. Yeah, it's we don't. That's we, what's happening literally right now. We don't need this shit, but like someone's getting paid for it, so we might as well just kill all the people who volunteer. It's the it's like what happens like what, what you know how things like Pokemon evolve. Like if you get you capture like sunk cost fallacy. What is it at this level? <laughs> <laughs> Would you just call it? Is this supernova? Like what is this? Is this uh you know? Mm the big collapse like that's a, when you start bending reality that this thing actually keeps going and like no one knows why <laughs> that's oh. that's where the I mean, gravity is on it much like the movie we're going to talk about uh it, it basically just <laughs> nice. pretend pretend we have a government <laughs> uh, nice yeah if only we could just so hold on so i'm going to introduce this film because like i i need i need the listener to do something for me it, look, we're going to actually no, because I for, keep forgetting what the fuck this movie's called, because I'll give you three different answers. <laughs> Originally, I was going to say it was like Ballad of the Roller Boys, <laughs> but like it's it's like pra- it, it's another title that means nothing. It's like Prayer of the Roller Boys. Prayer of right. the Roller Boys. Prayer right. of the Roller Boys. Now, I need you, listener, to stop what you're doing. Uh, if you're in traffic, pull over uh, <laughs> and look up the trailer to this film and let me know whether you thought this was a good movie because I sure as shit did it. No. Do you I think this is a this... good movie or a bad movie based on the trailer? Based on the trailer. I thought this movie was going to suck, guys. I thought, it was I thought be this terrible. movie sucked based on the VHS case that I saw when I would have been, say, a sophomore or junior in high yes. school. I was just like, no, there's other things out. Why would I yeah, watch there's this? No, there was no way and, you would ever think this is a good movie. And I'll yeah. say, this is this is one that I threw in the ring for consideration earlier this year. <clears throat> it's 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 my fault we're doing it. Uh, but um, it's also one that I, I remembered as being really cheesy. And I was like, we're going to totally pan and slam this movie. And after a couple no. rewatchings, actually after one rewatching, it actually, it's it's kind of good. Yeah. It's, it's like, like it holds up. It's, all right, we, we remember when we all we, uh, did a Damnation Alley. That's a bad mm, movie. That's that was a bad, a, legitimately a bad film. That was a bad film made badly, and yes. it was dumb. And it was mm-hmm. it just had a really cool truck in it. And that's you know, we got drunk. So and that's much why Shadow we Link it. might as well have like ex- like walked off the stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> he could have. He could have. He could have pulled a jet. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> this, this this is competently made. Yes, and it's it, a good it's, movie. It's we'll get into it it's not good but it's not 
bad. Oh, there's a lot of ideas going on in this film. Yeah. Most of them unexplored, but still, there are <laughs> ideas, and that is important. There's bad graffiti. That's some of the worst graffiti I've ever seen in my fucking yeah. life. Um, you but, know what? I thought it fit it, it fit the world it takes place in. You know what? By the time you get to the end of it, that's the problem with this. It has its own internal logic, and all of that internal logic adds up somehow. Yes. <laughs> it, it just, fine. Okay, you've made your own rules, and you followed them. That's all I ask, frankly. And I think yeah, the, so. Oh, go ahead. To, to set the stage a little bit, this this film was uh, made in 1990. It was an independent film. It didn't really get a wide release at all. There isn't a lot of information out there about no. it. No, there's one of the, very little. None. Uh, unless you unless you want to pay for it, but um, one well, of the nice things about it uh, is that um, uh, again, it's one that I that I rented as a VHS rental. I want to say around 1995. So I, you know, years after it come out and not done well, I like took a look at it. Because mm-hmm. it is kind of like cyberpunk themes, it's dystopian. It's it's a, it's a little post apocalyptic, um, but again, I remember it being patently ridiculous at the time, oh, partially man. because I I believe like rollerblades were never going to be that cool even, <laughs> even in 1995. That's the um, that's, that's the biggest you know, question. They're, they're I have. Never going to catch on. And you know maybe it, that one was like a little closer to true, and but the other one was I thought it was patently ridiculous that Nazism would catch on. Mm-hmm. And again, this is before the internet, people. Really, this is yeah. <laughs> prayer yeah. of the Proud Boys. Yeah, that's basically <clears throat> what this is. Pretty Na- much, yeah. Naive, uh, sixteen, seventeen-year-old me seeing this movie was like, "That's just completely that would never happen." I mentioned this uh, in our, our pre-episode uh, talk um, that I know precisely who the demographic for this film is. It is mm-hmm. the fourteen-year-old younger brother of an 18 year old who was given this movie pirated <laughs> from his uncle okay. cool and smokes weed <laughs> it is for that 14 year old kid and i'll explain why okay when we get to it but like because there was like it just right at the beginning and then it really never happens again titties <laughs> so many just like and yeah. it's like yeah. uh you know it's what? out there for a minute in 1990 one let's say this would be the movie where like if a 14 year old kid was shown this by his older brother he would immediately a think his older brother was cool and b the older brother would have to admit he was given to him by his uncle who was cooler <laughs> like that's that's the chain of, and it's only that kid that would love this movie like love it and defend it to the death like that's specifically who this film is made for i'm not saying it's good i'm saying that's who the movie was absolutely made for and, and it's like a that, uh, this is like a year after Gleaming the Cube came out, which is the, right. a, kind of an underground, but which became a big-time <laughs> skater movie for kids mm-hmm. uh, with Christian Slater. Actually, a pretty good movie, too. Um, it there doesn't were, age as well as this movie, surprisingly. There were a lot of these movies. There was like, uh, what was the one about the kid who was like a bike courier in New York? It was like Rad? Is that the BMX movie? Well, there was one? Rad. Yeah. Um, there was one. Oh, my God. I can't remember what it was. But like, there was always, there have always been these movies. Um, going way back, there was one with like which one was the the one that Vanilla Ice did, Cool as Ice, where he was like, oh, Cool as Ice comes out a year after this, and I'm right. actually oh, wow. going to mention that too because Corey Haim's role in this movie and his relationship, particularly <laughs> with Patricia Arquette, I thought he must have watched Cool as Ice as a study for this, but no, this movie came out a year before Cool as Ice. Mm-hmm. That that was... tracks. I could see Vanilla Ice having watched this and being like, I know what to do. And uh, another fun fact: the uh, the director of this movie. And the writer of this movie co-wrote Point Break a year later. Holy shit. 
Nope. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So like, all right. Oh okay. yeah. I kind of feel like these guys had like a, you know, they're, they live in LA. They're writing stories in LA. They got a stack of LA related board sport scripts and they just, uh, you know, rewrite or put it in or, you know, maybe it wasn't originally rollerblades. Maybe this is originally a roller skate movie. Who knows? Yeah. They're just Dirt looking bikes. at these fucking scripts of being like, okay, what sells to the kids? And, and these talented dudes are like, how do we make this like not suck completely? Like, <laughs> How do we inject some artistry into this? Well, the cool well, thing is they didn't just make it like a movie that was happening at that day. They made it a like dystopian sci-fi thing, which none of the others really did to my to my knowledge. I'm rollerball, but that's not really a sport. Right? No. Well, this is this is something yeah, too it's a sport. It's absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite Absol- sport. Oh yeah, but, totally. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, and not the reboot either. The old one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, what I thought was interesting, too, and I could see where their inspiration is. I didn't know my Weimar, my episodes in like Weimar, Germany mm. would play into <laughs> this fucking movie. I lost my fucking mind. That's yeah. another uh, reason I'll, I mentioned it, actually, because uh, there's a lot of overtones <laughs> of stuff that we talk about. Yeah, it, I could see what they were drawing from, because like America had a, fi- a big crash. Money's basically might as well not exist. Yeah. You know, there's section drugs everywhere. And yeah. Well, that's the oh, funniest part of this well, movie. The beginning is they talk about, oh, well, our parents caused the crash. And yeah. I was like, oh, in this world, the government doesn't bail everybody out. No, wow, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because so much of the storytelling is, I guess, you know, like it's it's coming throughout these like broadcasts, uh, newspaper headlines, uh, radio stuff. Little exposition at the beginning. Germany yeah. buys Poland. Right. <laughs> I can't get over that. I kept thinking about it. I'm like, wait, what? They're like, oh. if you haven't figured it out by now, uh, <laughs> you know, like I was like, that was the other thing. I'm like, we'll probably get to it too. But I'm like, I because you know, hold Nazi undertones. But I'm like, why is this movie like undertones? Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> why does this movie hate Poland? Because it comes up multiple oh, times. If this movie is like racist, it's racist definitely against uh, the character that uh, we'll know as Speedwagger later. Like when yeah. you drop a hard uh, end bomb on it. But, In like, Japanese too. Like a little uh, bit. Yeah, but not nearly. This movie hates the Polish. There's like, <laughs> yes, for fuck, and it, it's like, okay, so here, and it's not like good me guys. It's not like good guys doing it. It's the guys I, you expect. I can vouch for this as being a thing. Um, growing up, no reason, don't understand it, and it's a thing that made less sense to me when I saw A Bridge Too Far, mm-hmm. um, because the smartest character in A Bridge Too Far is Gene Hackman, who plays this Polish commander. Polish dude, like, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, this plan is fucking stupid. You know what I mean? And if the, the plan was Operation Market Garden, which if you know, is like one of the biggest disasters <laughs> fucking military exercises in history. Like, what a catastrophe. And it's so I've, I, I'd always operated, you know, like historically speaking, it was like, oh, everybody I know from Poland's cool as fuck. What the fuck? But my dad had this friend who, who like, they would just say, hey, is, is the Polak coming over? And I'd be like, Jeez. what? And this is, you know, 88, 84. <laughs> like this was, and this was on TV. Like this was a normal thing. Like if you watch all in the family, you'll see it. It was like, it's like, like the, the sacrificial lamb of racism. It was like, it was kind of tacitly okay to make fun of Polish people. Never right. understood it. No, yeah. same. And also this movie kind of viscerally reminded me of the 80s and 90s obsession of, hey, we know these characters are probably like teenagers, but let's have like multiple sex scenes with them <laughs> yeah that, sort that of. was that was the thing i didn't i'm like what the fuck <laughs> you know well that, this is a weirdly chased film like this mm. a little yeah totally this film is gonna give you whiplash yes and let me let me just say this you can find this on youtube like we'll probably even put the link to it in the show notes if you want to stop the episode watch this fucking thing and then listen to us talk about it for another hour and a half by Please. all means good rip on youtube if you just search prayer of the roller boys if 
you need a reason to. This is the first appearance of the song Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails in a movie. This yeah. was the first one? Hadn't remembered that. Wow. And I was way into Nine Inch Nails when I saw this movie back in 95. And yeah. I'm sure we remarked upon that at the time, but didn't even remember it till it just, they just roll it out in the scene. Uh, yeah, I was, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh, hey, Trent Reznor. Like, yeah, and it's just I, like weird, brightly lit scene. Yeah. And I, I would always expect there to be tattered rags and backlit chains and shit, you know, like a Hellraiser <laughs> nope. sort of material. No, no, it's just this brightly lit scene where everyone's drinking champagne and there's mud wrestling. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a, a really bizarre film. <clears throat> it still moment. fits, oddly enough. We'll get to that when we get to that. It's scene. the best song in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, it is. Like it's and so again, good. It's soundtrack's like pretty like, good. Soundtrack is yeah. a lot of like a, a I call it a synth yacht rock kind of. Yeah, whoever did the influence. motifs and shit nailed yeah. it. Yeah, they did. They, there's a couple. There's just one melody I really liked, and I kept thinking it was something else. And I'm like, someone has ripped this off, and I have to figure out who this was. And Shazam couldn't figure it out. So I was like, all right, now this is gonna haunt me for the rest of my natural life on Earth. <laughs> Anyhow, so Zero, where does yeah. this start? <laughs> So we open up with the title card, Prayer of the Roller Boys. There's like a weird spiked cross and like a really cheesy dragon animation that just like comes at the screen. <sighs> but it was hand drawn. And uh-huh. Yeah. So I was like, all right. It's like a boardwalk <laughs> t-shirt. And a lot of the art in this in this movie looks like boardwalk t-shirt, boardwalk art. And a lot of it takes place on like a boardwalk seafront. So it kind of fits. It's all appropriately <laughs> shitty. <laughs> uh, but we open up with a rollerblading butt cam on Corey Haim, who's got a, you know, 90s uniform of a bandana on his head and a plaid shirt tied around his waist. Oh, also the filter they used on this entire movie is Serrano's Piss Christ. (laughs) It is literally yellow filter the film. The entire thing. Because there's no way to depict like, you know, America is poor and broken than just like covering everything in the Mexico filter. (laughs) I mean, like you saw Enemy, it was less yellow than this. (laughs) Seriously. And that's a yellow ass movie. What other movie do it? What other movie? Sicario. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> There's some yellow movies out there. This is the yellowest. Yes. Oh, uh, and then uh, we also get these uh, kind of cuts of a TV broadcast. That's like one of the Rollerboy propaganda films. And we've got the we, we first get the picture of uh, Gary Lee, the Rollerboy leader, who looks kind of like um, John Holmes with a mullet. A little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no mustache because he got kind of like a like an eighties fro curly fro, but like it's a it's mulleted up like on a the curly side. Curly mullet, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he's had a perm, but he has a mullet. I thought and, uh, for the longest time that he was the guy who says "Garbage Day" on uh, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, or whatever the fuck that movie was. <laughs> yeah, forever. I, he in my mind, I thought he was one of the guys from Nine Hundred Two One Zero, the the curly blonde hair guy. Right, anyway. right, right. Uh, again, that's just a California look of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a lot of this TV propaganda. I'll, I'll, I'll read out most of it here because it's all just choice exposition. Uh, he starts off, before many of you were born, our fathers caused a great crash. They were consumed with greed. And we get a cut of um, Milty, who is the uh, main character's little brother. He's like dumpster diving. He's a scavenger. He pulls out a coffee maker from the dumpster. And he's like, this is some great trade and stuff. And he's yeah, dressed, he, found some, he found some Tetris. Kind of like, he's just kind of like a... Uh, um, the in the frog brothers in the lost boys he's got like a mm, fatigue mm-hmm. jacket he's got a plaid mm-hmm. or sorry um hawaiian shirt and, and like a, not, a thermal he's, underneath he's definitely not the kid from uh home improvement really not to, uh, but we Jonathan thought he was. taylor thomas yeah or whatever his name is like we, we i swear to god for like an hour and a half of that movie i was just like oh. strong resemblance but yeah no he's like he, and he's 13. been in other shit yeah no he's been in other shit you'll recognize this cat like he's he was as a kid he did a few movies 
Gary Lee goes on, they ignored repeated warnings and borrowed more money than they could ever repay. He's making this really simple, but yeah. uh, they lost our farms. They lost our factories. They lost our homes. And then we get another cut to uh, Milty trading off the, the coffee maker. And we see Patricia Arquette for the first time. Her name's Casey. And she gets leered at by a 12-year-old boy who says, nice piece of work to this yes. trader guy who's just like completely non mm. nonplussed. Yeah. And note, she's wearing a a Kriegsmarine sailor hat. There it is. She's dressed like uh, like a uh, oh, okay, I should have this later. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, she's dressed like pretty strange. Um, pretty much every one of her outfits you would find painted on the side of a B seventeen bomber. Yeah, something. Yes, like kind of. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So then uh, up until now, I've kind of been with, you know, Gary Lee Spiel. And then he goes on to this thing. And again, this is exposition. Alien races foreclosed on our nation while we were locked up in homeless camps. And at first I was like, oh, alien races, like alien. Uh, oh, no. He, oh, okay. oh, 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 no. no, yeah. no it's not that oh, kind of movie. No. no, I had to think about this for a second because I'm like, well, how do you end up in a homeless camp? You just have to not have a fixed address because in this world, everyone kind of seems in some way kind of homeless. Yeah. Transient. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, what, yeah, what what did they fill the homes with? Like collectibles, like Furbies, like what the fuck? Yeah, they belong like, to private equity, man. Uh, Nobody goes in them. Nope. I guess. And it might as well just said of like for alien races, it might as well just said like Japanese, like because that there is a little bit of like the weird eighties like anti Japanese sentiment. Well, mm-hmm. of, the time. Japanese are going to buy everything. You know, they did. They took Harvard. They put it in Hiroshima. <laughs> yes, they did. That happened in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gary Lee goes on, now America belongs to the enemy. And he goes, uh, and this is like pretty clever. He goes into like some typical cult leader shit. Forget your parents. They didn't care about us. We are the new generation and we are the remedy. You need a new family, a family that cares. Join <laughs> with us. Let us be your strength. Yep. Let us be your family. Make America great again. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Sorry, no, uh, you're not on script there. Yeah. He goes, help the white army win back our homeland. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, yeah. that was the Trump. Was that the Trump? No. No, that was, was that the it's so boys? close. Was that the Proud Boys? I think. Was that the... Well, you Don't know, Trump's the favorite. The, and uh, I just, I love this one. The day of the rope is coming. Uh-huh. So, yeah. explain where that's from, because as soon as I read that, I'm like, well, if, you didn't, know, if you didn't... If you didn't know this movie is about Nazis. If that's not a slight inversion of the light night of the long knives, then I'll just eat my yeah. sock. I thought it was from like that white supremacist novel by that dipshit. Well, no, I mean, I, I think it's just like they're taking a thing from history and changing it a little bit. Just a so little. That, like, yeah. If you if you're in the know, if you know about like Crystal Knocked and stuff like it'll be OK. You know, oh, it's it a few doing. things. Because like, literally this opening, point. you're just like it's the shiniest, smiliest most charismatic bad guy that I've seen yes. in a movie in a while. This yeah. guy does a hell of a job. Like he's, yes. he's showed up for fucking work. And um, this is the point where I was like, oh, this movie's really new wave fast skaters. Yes. Yeah. Because the thing I like the most about like the villain, because the villain's like the central point of this film, is they did a good job of showing like fascists without any swastikas or like except maybe with the exception of like the Kree's marine hat but well that then, weird cross it, logo with the snake coming around it's, it, it's it kind looks of, like the clan it, it does look clan-ish. like a clan grand the, wizard badge on your yeah. chest yeah or you know like a mashup between like that and the royal or whatever that fucking cross uh, yeah. was that they had 
when I first saw these guys, because we'll get to like how they skate, but like when I first saw their <laughs> uniform, it it conjured images of Klansmen in like a robe, except it's not a robe. They wear a white coat. Mm. They conjured images of me circa 1994 with a trench coat. It's like it's everywhere. like a so their uniform it's like it's like a beige trench coat with big shoulder pads. It's almost like they're cosplaying like a Rick Astley video. A little yes. bit, yeah. They do a, it's it. like a, oh. a big uh, long shoulder um long Jesus trench coat with shoulder pads. They got a black Henley with suspenders, high-waisted double pleated <sighs> pants and their uh, and their rollerblades of course. It's Rick and Astley. They look like they're, they look all, like... they're all Rick Astley. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't I'm not I can't I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, you're fucked now. I buddy. need to all right, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of uh, Gary Lee's video, and you notice that this is like a, a set of screens in a flea market where they're it's like a, a roller boy recruiting center. You know, they're giving out uh, pamphlets and stuff, it's, and then um, <laughs> it's a gang with a recruiting center. They got T-shirts. Yeah, we go to uh, that, that, that uh, thing where they have like the the grid, the like the, the the wire grid painted black. Yeah, you know, like a, like a fucking uh, hot topic, and then they have like shirts on plastic. You know, shits hanging, and like it's literally like a little hot topic for like fucking weird skater Nazis. It's and they're like cross logo on the wall there, and a bunch of screens yeah. with Gary mm-hmm. Lee talking, comic books, pamphlets, and and, uh, and it's Mil- Milty's watching this. So Milty's watching the screens. There's a bunch of other little kids there, and uh, uh, our uh, main character Griff Corey Haim comes and says, "Get out of here! I told you not to come in this place," and um and takes them away, and they go to. Uh, the bike shop, which is, I guess, where they live in the backyard of the bike shop who, that belongs to our other character, uh, uh, Speedbagger, who's a, yes. one of the m- more redeeming characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an old black fellow who we learn is a, well, was a boxer. <laughs> and he's taking these two kids in because, you know, they're kids on the street. They live in mm-hmm. a tent in his backyard. He seems like a good dude. He's looking out for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, he's like teaching, uh, he's teaching, uh, what's his name? The little kid at a box. Teaching him how to box. You know, uh, and then Casey, a picture truck comes into the shop. She says, "Oh, I need some new wheels." Again, she's got like a really weird costume on. She's just like a, a like an extra from Clueless, almost like mm-hmm. <laughs> like post apocalyptic Clueless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Heather's maybe <laughs> Heather's, yeah, a little bit. Like mm, yeah, it, that vibe. I, I could see that more in Heather's because remember, she's like she's wearing a fucking Kreese Marine hat. Like yeah, it, it could that was a choice because like there are other navies that had similar like little cute little hats mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, the fact that it had to have like it had to let you know where it was from or it's like oh okay this movie does is keeping nothing from you at no. all there's never a moment in this movie you're like what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen next and it's gonna be mostly satisfying yeah i thought like, it was pretty refreshing honestly like there's and, I felt uh, no tension <laughs> whatsoever yeah. like this is actually this would be a good background movie <laughs> you know what i mean like i, I wouldn't hate it I'd be like, eh, I'll be doing something else, but I, I know this movie. I'll just put it on the background because it's there's nothing going to take me out of it. Uh, so she comes in the shop. The two kids are there. Speedbagger's there. And Milty's like kind of pressuring uh, Griff to go talk to him. Milty, again, who's a 12-year-old, but based on his oh, performance here, he can objectify a woman like a much older man. He's uh, so... the horniest child. Oh, God, the it's 80s bizarre. and 90s. It's bizarre. It's... And it's, it's weird <sighs> in a way where it's like, how did you get this way? Yeah. yeah. How it's did a, you get like this a way? Short round. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! Because <laughs> oh, his brother's shit. not like this. Like any, no. like unless you're a shithead, there's no other character who's like this fucking horny. And as you yeah. find out later, their parents have only been dead like a year, year like, yes. something like that. <clears throat> and I, I don't think that that's like you break horny. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what happens. Like with uh, like ozone warnings. And you know, skater Nazis all around and shit like that. Like he doesn't seem like he's that hungry. 
it's a yes. weird, it's a weird decision. Again, like with the sex it's scene, we'll get to. It's a strange decision. So she's, uh, you know, she's trying to get some new wheels, and Milty's kind of like, you know, making like eyes at her, saying some stuff, and he says something like, "Hey, you know, why don't you uh, go out, with my brother? He's the best skater." And she's like, "Oh yeah, well, if he's so good, then why doesn't he join the brown shirts, uh, roller boys? Why does if he's so good, why doesn't he join the roller boys? <laughs> How many cereals does he know?" <laughs> Which uh, I'll, I'll come back to this later, but this is clearly entrapment here. Oh God! <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, no. When, when it comes out, like how <sighs> she's operating, it's so like, what the fuck are you doing? Again, like it just reminded me of like a quote from like Warren Ellis's Fell, where it's like, this is where uh, Moon, this is where um, Snowtown pretends to have a police department. That's basically this is where L.A. pretends to have a police department. But oh, it's it's, like, there are no rules. We kind of just do whatever to get it done. <laughs> It's like, almost a RoboCop scenario where it's like yeah. they have no budget, you know. They have no like, budget. They get a government like Jennifer government well where they have to do a bake sale to like fucking get fund money. a raid. <laughs> like, it's, they don't do that, but it's like that. Desperate. They might as well. Have. You find out over the course of this that they're just broke as shit and they're dealing with like they're deputizing assholes. Like it's fucking wild. Yeah, it's almost kind of like the society collapsed and the like in this some like society collapsed, but nobody told the police force. They just kept doing their their thing. Yeah. yeah, kind of. I like, mean, I guess it's, it's, it's like the postman. <laughs> kind of like the police kind of wear like hazard vests, like construction workers, which I yeah. thought was really amusing. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man. And again, everything is, is really low budget. Like everything in this movie is not. It's not. It's. It's surprising Found that stuff. they never. Yeah. They don't put a date on it. You're just I right. guess yeah. supposed to think that this is like an alternate version of this of this world that we're living in, of alternate 1990, you know, LA and America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, um, that little scene plays out, and then we uh, see Griff show up to his job at Pinky's Pizzazz Pizza. It's like a, again, like a weird post-apocalyptic pizza joint on the on the nobody pier. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like the police department, nobody told this dude like hey. you don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, like so they've had- got some kind of society, obviously, because there's still people who order pizza, but it's pizza, delivered by pinkies. a guy with an M16. So <laughs> Pinky's a Pinky's a dick. Pinky, First of all, yeah, his, his uniform it tells you already Pinky's a dick because he's dressed like a like a carnival barker. He's got like a, yes. a straw boater and a, and a striped shirt. I'm just like, uh-huh. this guy's a mark. He's going to get. And then he has him an M16. You're like, OK, so, yeah. And, and he's like, yo, if anybody he always has one line at the end of like his scene where he's just like, oh, and if anybody comes near the truck, fucking shoot him. Yeah. He throws a fucking in the last line oh, of like every worse. time he makes an appearance. Yeah, it was worse. I think it was improv. Yeah, because yeah. how he said it, because it was like, oh, and if anybody tries to get into it, I fucking shoot him. And he just hands him. Like, there's always a little note on He's it. great, though. Like, he's actor, a great actor, yeah. Yeah, he's great. But he's such, he plays him as such a dick. And it's like, another, it's yeah. really another fun. Thing another thing I'll say about this movie, it is, it's bookended by really poor acting and really overacting. So oh. the whole thing kind of evens out in the middle. Like yeah. It does. <laughs> it's almost a battle. <laughs> Like yeah. when we get to ba- like what the fuck was his name? Uh, Bango. When we get to Bango, he's my favorite. Uh, Bango, he, it but, does. He's okay. the best actor in this movie. Yes, and I thought his name was Bango uh-huh. both times I watched it because might I as just, well have been. <laughs> he was. Oh. And then my favorite thing at the end when Pinky sends him off, he says, "Don't take any dollars." <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so so he, dry- go ahead. Yeah. So he's got to deliver this pizza huh? to what the homeless municipal homeless center number right. eighty one. Oh, uh, Oh, but that wasn't to the homeless. I'm pretty sure it was for like the guards. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like the guards ordered this pizza, and they make him walk across the yard with all these homeless people starving in a camp. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's like, "Don't, don't talk to the residents." It's like, and what then, the uh, fuck? What? Uh, fucking Hermie, whatever his name is. I keep forgetting it. Milty. 
Milty. Milty. Yeah. I keep on with Howie, Hermie. I, I think it's an H name for some fucking reason. It's not. Milty, Milton, uh, he uh, he's just a poon hound. <laughs> Pretty bad. Like he's sitting in the van. And he ca- he catches eyes with a girl who's actually his age, who's just dirty. It's Newt. It's Newt from Aliens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, might as well be. And he like folds up. He's about to eat his pizza, and he's like, I can't. So he like climbs out of the truck, runs up to her, folds it like he was going to eat it like that. Like yeah, it's like folded. a taco. He tacos it. Right. He tacos it. Right. Not not long ways like you should, like a New York slice. It, it just, I don't. What? Monstrous. California. Oh, yeah. He folded it wide ways. So that's like calzone ways. He folded it calzone ways. No, you could roll it up and make like a pepperoni roll out of it. I, I don't okay. Know, stop like, blaspheming. Uh, <laughs> so he slides it through the fence and then immediately like the guards put the spots on him like they're going to kill him. Like they're yeah, going to shoot him. going to light this fucking kid up. <laughs> oh, and he's I like, still... no, no, I'm not homeless. I just look homeless. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say be... that. I have no, the no, cleanest no. Uh, tattered, tattered clothing. Like they both do have the cleanest tattered clothing. Like I'll tell you, know, they're, anti- they're protagonists. Um, <laughs> they don't have shit all over them. Yeah, like this is a movie <laughs> where it's like, again, the homeless camp, which comes up multiple times throughout the film. Uh, I don't understand how you end up in one because again, everyone kind of feels pretty transient because mm, every, you're yeah. either in a shack and that's your permanent residence or you live in a car or a tent yeah. or along the alleyway when you, you know, prostitute yourself. But right. it, it doesn't, it, it's one of the weird like world plot hole, like world building, like holes that well, mm. it's they don't me. really do anything in a homeless shelter at any moment. Like no, there's all these other like places that look similar, but it's they never do anything in it or with it. Or you're like corralled it. into it, and I don't know if it's like an immigration thing because you know hints to yeah. today or like the idea it's, of you you're just transient from like one part of America to the other. And yeah, but I mean the way they set it up, it's without saying it, showing and not telling. It's totally yeah. like a prison camp from World War. It feels it, yeah. Like that's it absolutely all does. it is, and you're outside of it. And because we're giving and you a little consider, hit. you know, yeah. Jesus one Christ, of them uh, FEMA camps film, that uh, Alex is always trying to warn us about. This film in this moment is really <laughs> a tribute to Hannah Barrett's uh, or Aaron's, uh, uh the banality of evil. Yeah. Like because yeah. you know you're seeing these kids; they have a job. The kid has enough food. He's like, oh, he can slip it through the fence in the whole line yards, but he's still got the rest of a pizza in there. Like they're doing okay, and as long as they just keep their heads down, they don't get involved. They'll be fine. Yeah. And here's the weird thing, though. The homeless camps are where the roller boys came from. Yeah. But they don't run them. Early so on during you have the crash, like yeah. two fascist fucking things going on here <laughs> in opposition to each other. And it's either the homeless camps are just imagery meant to, you know, add context, I guess, to like the vibe of the film. And yeah, or yeah. It really is worse than it looks. I think it's a little bit of both. I think we're probably reading into it because, again, I want to really like this film. And you have to. You kind of have to. <laughs> this film is holding nothing back. It's not. There's no mystery here. Like, yeah. You're just waiting for the thing you know is going to happen to happen. And, you know, yes. and nine times out of ten, it's kind of fun. Uh, and, and at this point, as they're driving away from the homeless camp, um, we get our first view of the misters. So these are like mm. basically like they're analog for crackheads, but they do this drug called heaven mist called mist. And uh, it's like a, it's like a tablet that you put in like a hookah like device and it turns into a mist and people are just in breathing it in through these like blue velvet and uh, hot, uh, masks, <laughs> oxygen masks, the inevitable <laughs> evolution of vaping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is where we get I a nice, some. I'll be back. No, uh, you got yeah. some, you got some mist right now. Hey, uh, then there's a nice little aside where they're in the pizza van and it's like a massive CRT screen 
in the center dash. It's like their GPS <laughs> called a, a dash map. Yeah, I love this. And it's like on the fritz and like he's banging it and it says like a line like, oh, this, you know, this cheap made American shit never worked anyway. <laughs> I want you to dog ear this moment for a movie we're going to talk about at the end of the year. Ooh. Same year. Same year that film. Oh, came out. yeah, you're right. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, it, it, as they're driving kind of lost, they come along this. Um, it's like a, a like a trap house that's on fire. It's like an old dilapidated building full of graffiti. And it's just like blazing up. And Milty, I guess, who's like knows all the gangs is like, oh, look, some B-13ers. They're 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 burning that house. And you see two <laughs> suspicious looking guys in like denim with shotguns. And they're trying to shoot at this uh, guy who's inside the building that's burning. And then they just run off. And um, at this point, um, uh, Griff decides he's going to do something. So he, he gets in the uh, truck and he backs it right into the side of this burning building. Well, it's because he, he hears a guy screaming. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's a yeah, nice yeah. song. song. <coughs> yeah. yeah. This guy's like, like, do it's... something, do something. And uh, yeah, he drives it into the, the what we learn later is a mist lab. Um, yeah. And he saves just... this guy who we learn his name is Bullwinkle. Who, <sighs> honestly, Bullwinkle. Looks Bullwinkle. like a villain from another age, like another era. He just looks like mm-hmm. a villain left over from a 70s like surf film. He's got this like quaff of permed like yeah lacrosse like, captain hair uh he, yeah it's like he looks like a christopher cross song sounds <laughs> yes it's like that I, I do like this scene too because they just how old is this actor supposed to be in real life because how old are any of them I mean, yeah, they're supposed to be like 18 19 okay so you just looks... threw these t- these fucking teenagers to like you know they back the thing up and just like he really jumped into that fire that oh, was yeah, all no. on fire yeah, no, shout out for all the effects being practical yeah. and for Deadly. all the stunts being pretty much done by the actors. Yep, people like, were probably hurt during the making of this film because yeah. that shit was actually on fire. <laughs> and they're like, all right, jump over it. And he fucking did. So Griff gets Bullwinkle out and they're both kind of like coughing. They get this look between each other. We hear sirens. Bullwinkle just beats it. And like mm-hmm. Griff is sort of like, uh, yep. Siren? He's left hanging. <laughs> yeah. And he gets caught. <laughs> anytime you hear sirens, just run. Yeah. No. Yep. I, I like. Oh, see. That, there's. This is. That was like probably one of the moments that took me out of it a little bit. But it was made up for moments later by the two cops physically carrying Milty to a cop car. Yeah. Like, yep. Horizontally, and he's yeah. just the shit he's screaming is hilarious. It's just, man. <laughs> That's how you should act. Yeah. Little Dylan Clark showed up for work every day. <laughs> and he acted the living motherfucker out of every one of his lines. That cat, the kid is probably one of the best actors in this entire film. Mm. Like, yeah, he did a good job. Like, it, it was it was funny. We got that across, you know. Yeah, he he he. There's like one little bit of a scene toward the end, like where he's like annoying, but the rest of the time he's like very much an active character with motivations and agency and shit. Mm. And he's a kid, so he makes stupid, stupid fucking mistakes, you know? Yes. Uh, so Griff gets thrown in cuffs, and we see uh, a new character come up. It's, I guess, this captain, sergeant. What is it? You're sure. Jarowski. Might as well be. Jarowski. Swarovski. Sergeant, sergeant Polish guy, anyway. Jodorowsky. Sergeant yeah, I was going to say, they do mention later, later he's, he's a Polish police officer. Yeah, these yeah. two jokes are directed at him. <sighs> like, lines are, yeah, you know, in, in deference to I mean, him. This movie Polish. does get the award, though, of, like, police you wish actually existed, because yeah. you have anti-fascist police. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, that's which, a change. 
Yeah, that's nice to imagine. Um, that and, and the government not bailing people out was really what just lost the reality of this. Yeah, you kind of get the sense that the government me. is like kind of like sort of there, but not <laughs> like mm. in a lot of um, there's not too much trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's not enough trash. So someone's still getting the services done. Yeah, but they, yeah. You know, um, they have these really nice barrel fires that you know, and these like weird parking lot, you know, sort of like, hey, let's set this up and make it look like this is where gang hangs out, kind of bits. <laughs> I really love those. Those <laughs> are a lot of work. Wow, barrel fires! They're they're living life. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. So Jarowski's actually, I got it written down somewhere, but he's actually mad at. Griff, he says, you just saved, you know, some uh, Fucking, some roller yeah. boy punk. And he's like, what kind of cop are you? And then he says, I'm a cop who's tired of fascist kids dealing mist in his town. Yep. Enough so that he's totally okay with him burning alive in a building, which is yeah. fine. Which yeah. is also, yeah, no, that's fine. Tells you everything you need to know about this fella. This uh, this actor also has been in so many fucking movies. It's incredible. There's some great ethics stuff with the police in this movie. It's just mm, chef's kiss. It's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, yeah. cops are cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's one of the few times where it's like, yeah, no, that's that's how you know this is fiction. Uh, so then we cut to scene. It's more skating, uh, this time in like a fluorescent lit parking garage. And this is the first thing I think that I noticed was kind of like, oh, this is this this is a little vapor wavy. And I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. for a number of reasons we'll talk about later. This didn't turn out to be like some vapor wave, like classic movie that they you know watch at parties or something. There's a lot yeah, of it going on. We we will make that trend happen now. Don't worry. Oh yeah, this needs to be played in the background of every like weird DJ set, improvisational, ambient. Especially if the image group. we're about to see, because he's he's roller skating with his little brother, right? And it, well, his little brother's watching him roller skate, and he's like, "What are we going to do?" Because Pinky. Okay. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. Pinky, Pinky found out that the van is wrecked, and yeah, he, he was he not happy to about the scene it. of the crash. He was so mad. Like he ran all the way from the pizza shop. <laughs> To this location, presumably miles away. Yeah, Pinky is a, is a piece of shit, but also apparently like a total maniac. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. Like he runs all I mean, the way there, and he's about to like for an M16. Yeah, he's about to throw hands at this teenager. Yeah. Like he's not happy. You fucked up my van. So Griff is uh, skating, skating by himself in the dark. It's a very footloose moment, mm-hmm. or in the partially lit parking garage. And uh, and Milty's like, what are we gonna do about the van? And like, um, oh god, enter Gary Lee and the Roller Jugend. Uh, <laughs> roller skate in goose step. Yeah, <laughs> in a delta formation. Yes, and they do this weird like side side salute. It's like they're swinging their arms for momentum, but it's like it's definitely like a Hiles salute. And this is not the only time they do it. We see no. this multiple times when they roller skate in yeah. fucking formation. It's pretty and, cool. Again, you get the full view of the fucking white coat and, and like that is why they picked the whoosh. Yeah, so like if you didn't know they were fucking Nazis. <laughs> They're Nazis. Yeah, and, um, now, it's right here. Yeah. Yeah, if you weren't sure, this pretty much confirms it. Uh but yeah, Gary Lee and the roller jerks like skate up to them and there's a little exhibition. We find out that um that Gary Lee and uh Griff used to be neighbors when they were eight before the crash, I guess, and they used to be pals, and then um, Griff you know, moved away, and then, now they're back in the town. Stories of all of the origin stories. It's like, oh yeah, no, we grew up next to each other. And he's like, uh, and Gary, Gary's like, why'd you come back? And then there's not a lot of great acting by Corey Haim in this movie, but this part is a little, he's like, it's warm. You know, it's funny too, <laughs> it, it's funny too, because I've looked up like old reviews of this film. His acting is actually applauded. <laughs> 
No, oh, I didn't think he was bad. Actually, no, I didn't. I thought was... he was doing exactly what he was directed to do. Yes, mm. and frankly, that whole like bad guy comes to you and be like, "Hey, you know, it was my next door neighbor." That that would work on me. Mm. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's Sorry a very like you know having buddies in the mafia kind of thing where it's this is not that's a different original... sort of thing than a friend. Kind of. This isn't like an original. Um premise having like a childhood friend and turns out to be a oh, gangster no like no. at all Dude, the fox <laughs> and the hound destroyed my fucking brain <laughs> when i was two years before this like i don't trust me oh yeah 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 no god imagine if this was someone's first experience with that premise <clears throat> it would not harm them as much as the fox and the hound would <laughs> so, so. anyway keep going so Gary Lee, Gary Lee rolls up uh, with his roller boys and, uh, you know, he says, hey, uh, Bullwinkle has something he wants to say to you. And, and Bullwinkle skates to the front with this, like, dead-eyed face. He goes, he goes, hey, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Bullwinkle he skates such to the a, front with this dead-eyed face that he says, <sighs> and he smiles. He says, hey, thanks for getting me out, man. And then he goes the straight back to dead-eyed face. <laughs> Real Bullwinkle. Like Iceman and Top Gun vibes. Yeah, I, I can't emphasize enough how much we're trying so hard to be. This is a movie full of pieces of shit. Bullwinkle's probably the most. Bullwinkle, asshole. Bullwinkle and Bango are like two. They're, they're two Gen X archetypes. Bango is like the the slacker, you know, lacrosse team captain. Uh, yeah, almost like a page boy Bango cut. Yet. Yeah, but he's got uh -huh. like good fucking taste in music, and he's, he's like charismatic, really chill, like, and he is willing to whatever, explain man. things to you. You know, yeah. like. No, you kind of uh, like you kind of like Bango. We have a kind of like Bango. We'll He's talk like, about Bango in a second. Well, that, that was, Nazi in this fucking movie. Yes. Yeah, that was Bullwinkle. Bango. Uh, when we meet him later, he's like the crazy, like extreme sports, wild man kind of vibe. Like he's your friend who's really yeah. into Red Bull in 1995. Really good actor. We'll we'll talk about him when we, when he gets introduced. Devo oh vibes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyhow, he, he, rolls yeah. Up and he, he gives him his little apology, and then Gary Lee's like, "So would you tell that Pollock detective?" Fuck, man. It took me back to, like, the fucking 80s. Fuck. Because I, like, you don't hear that. And no, I was, it's like, gross. It, it, just, it took me back. Like, like there was a, there was a, the, the song on the radio, you know, that, that, I, that I recognized from that era where I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. No. You know, that thing in the time and the place. Like uh, air supply song or something came <laughs> on in my head. And I was just like, ah, you know. I thought, like, I thought it was supposed to be, like, kind of like because they're Nazis. So, of course, they hate Polish people. Yeah, like yeah, know, but that oh, whole thing. But like it comes that, up. That doesn't that it, doesn't survive the era. No, it's fucking. No one would think that now, really, unless they yeah. were like historians. You know what I mean? Who were just like, no, nah, that's a lot. Well, there's a lot of this you movie. Know? Like, I wouldn't probably have known if I hadn't done the Weimar episodes. Hmm. So, like, uh, yeah, no, I don't I, know. It, well, it, that and the, you know, keeping up with everything that's happening today. Yeah, you know, with like three percenters, you know, all them mm -hmm. proud boys and all that shit, and all the fucking indictments going down and the Jan Six shit going on. Like, mm. well, we've all kind of even on like just skipping off of the amazing amount of information concerning that you're going to be able to pick up on most of this imagery. Hmm. Yes, we've been inundated with it for like eight years now. You know, yeah, like, that's very true. Uh, and on that point of inundation, uh, <laughs> so G Gary Lee and the inline fry core skate away, uh, skate, skate away. <laughs> and, um, and then we switch scene, we're back to P um, Pinky's pizza place and we hear a good radio bit where it's like, uh, yeah. Illegal American workers in Mexico are returned to San Diego by a Mexican government crackdown. It's just like, <laughs> I literally really said out one. loud, I said, zing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, it's a simple but effective premise for your dystopian fiction if you just want to take something that's happened to other countries and just put it in, in some place yeah. where it doesn't. Homeless. Because it shows that it can happen to literally anyone depending on circumstances. Yeah. Just make we, it happen to white people in America. Yeah. We search the 70s and 80s in America. And I mean, do the deep dive stuff. Yeah. Check out Studs Turkle's book, Working, for a glimpse of slightly before that. Hmm. And these little slice of life uh, interviews and stuff that he had with all of these people who were just working blue collar jobs. It's an amazing piece of work because all of that will flesh out how fucking dead on this was hmm. for like the era. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's really. It's I think about accurate. that about like gang shit too. Like when you look at shit from like the 70s and 80s, where then yeah. you see like movies like this, it's like. Like no, the Warriors was real. Uh, that yeah. happened, you know. Like oh, and this has this has this has some nods to that. Yeah, you know, so, sure. oh my god, so much. Yeah, it's just yeah. I like that movie in every way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so for this scene, we're reckon Pinky's pizza pizzazz, pizza pizza pizzazz, pizzazz. Pinky uh, yeah. piece of shit. He gives him a fucking bike. He gives him like a bike, like a tricycle bike, and he's telling him, <laughs> "I got your ass for five years." So now he's an indentured servant, I guess, because he wrecked the van. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, this is where Milty comes through and saves the day because he went behind scenes and talked to Gary Lee and said, hey, we need a new van because we saved your boy. And yeah. uh, and he gave him a new van. So again, a you know, Chevy Lumina. And this is when I first noticed, does Pinky have bad a for mustache? <laughs> because that's when it looked really looked like I thought he had the uh, toothbrush it's, mustache. It's a little tight. Know. It's a little tight yeah. now that I'm thinking about it. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, it's there. The Chevy Lumina... was uh there was also the there was the dodge astro which was considered to be the more reliable of the two the chevy lumina minivan was a disaster of a minivan it it was the shittiest minivan i knew tons of people who had it and they it like the door would just rust the fuck off like it was an awful machine and for them to be celebrating it in this moment was one of the funniest things to me oh it's almost like cheaply made american junk is real. Oh man! <laughs> uh, for the wow. so that's a uh, the the scene where we see that the van problem is solved. And at first, uh, you know, Griff's like, "Take it back. We're not. <laughs> yeah, this this is how the mob works. We're not doing this." And mm-hmm. Pinky's like, "Nah, my fucking van." So they ends up being indebted to Gary Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess to like kind of skate it off, he goes out to the pier where he meets up again with Casey uh, Patricia Arquette. Who's um, once again trying to like buy some stuff off him? She's like, I know you got the stuff. Everybody knows you got the stuff. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. And she puts She's like, I got, I got euro marks. I got you know not dollars. And uh, mm. at first <laughs> watching this, I was thinking like again like she's really like this is not believable. And then like you come to find out later, she's. She's a cop, so yeah, she doesn't know mm-hmm. how to score drugs. Like, no, no, at all. This is she how she like... saw in movies that the drugs are scored. Which yeah, because you find out she's also like the brother of a former roller boy. Yeah. Or the sister so of like a former roller boy. Her sister. Her brother yeah. is the one who died. Yeah. Right. You go, yes. And this what even first, is gender? This was the first scene where they definitely had like a, a, a serious, like, cool as ice <laughs> vibe between the two of them <laughs> yeah. uh, on the pier. Yeah. Because she yeah, dresses no chemistry. No, zero. Um she she looks incredible. He looks like an asshole. It, they have no chemistry. Uh at, I, at all. At all. Like, like it's ever, really bad. At any point, except for at the very end, but uh, that's funny for a different reason. 
<laughs> so we're we're back at the bike shop and we see another news bit where it's like uh, this guy's like looks like Harvard doesn't it actually it's in Hiroshima now and I guess Don't, they decided yeah. they're that putting the, the last few bricks yeah yeah they're gonna move move Harvard I, brick by brick f- right. f- f- to Hiroshima uh, yeah, it is the last uh, Ivy League school to do this that means all of the Ivy League schools in the United States have gone abroad because I guess fuck this country it's not worth it well I mean hey there's a there's an English bridge in the middle of like Arizona or something, right? Lake Havasu. Yeah. Right. It's nuts. So yeah, that's you know, not ab- unbelievable. Obviously. People be doing shit. <laughs> people be doing shit. But this, uh, this <laughs> I, love it, I love it though. Cause his line is like, man, pretty soon there won't be any colleges left to go to. I was laughing my ass love off it. at this line. I swear to God. I was like, that, this uh, really sets up that like the whole time he's been talking about getting an education for Milty and like we just we used mm-hmm. to get him to college and he'll be okay and I was just like ah. <laughs> yep and I'm just thinking about like what was it ITTs no longer exists <laughs> yep you know go to I mean? college kid you'll be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> how many degrees do you need to like get just a job now like oh you only need a bachelor's to have internal debt well he's got yeah. a master's <laughs> just working at the pizza shop he needed a master's uh-huh. oh okay yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's not even a joke. I love, I love, I love that this dystopia still has like a collegiate option. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's a thing I've never seen before now that I think about it. Like a Mad Max has like a bachelor's degree in fucking water <laughs> gathering or something. I mean, like, this movie, when they made this movie, there's, again, there's so much that's so topical today where it's like, oh you, God, had, you had no way of knowing. Yeah. That's, that was no really surprising to me. I felt this movie in the core of my heart the entire yep. time. Yep, for, yep all the reasons I, it took me back it took me back to like and it's a you know it came out in 90 but it someone did a lot of cocaine <laughs> yeah in the in writing and production of this uh this film no yeah doubt. i miss like, what i miss when movies came out by people who actually liked movies maybe not yeah. necessarily good but like at least they fucking liked what they did this yeah. is entertaining it's, it's fucking entertaining. deeply entertaining um so switch scene again we're back in the bike shop and uh um Griff is there, and then the the roller jerks, two of the roller jerks, Bullwinkle and Bango, come in to shake down <sighs> Speedbagger because they've also got like a shakedown business going. You know, pay for also we didn't we didn't mention who plays Speedbagger. Oh right, because um, and I can't I can't get to my keyboard right now, so you're gonna have to because I am good at podcasting and didn't look this up ahead of time. Oh, good job. Well, I, this this is the, isn't this like the really first appearance of like Bango in a scene. Uh, he's been in other scenes, but he hasn't like said anything or done right. anything. Like this, oh, that's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, this is the first time we see Speedbanger, who or um, Julius Bang. Harris. Yes, it's Jules Harris. Julius Harris plays Speedbanger, which I thought when I first saw him is fucking incredible. <laughs> like, what what was he in? I don't know I... if this is like his. This is definitely one of his earlier ones, but okay. I I couldn't tell you if this is like his first. Like, it's, it's not his first appearance. It can't be. No, but what but else has he done? It definitely made me like, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Live and Let Die, King Kong. There you go. Dark Man. Oh, he's a great actor. Oh, it, no, he's great. He's literally was... also like one of the best performances in this entire film. Yes. He's in The Boys? Extreme, I bet. Why not? Fuck sure. yeah, man. Rocket. He puts in with what, like, what few scenes he has are actually kind of what make the movie great like like that's yeah. that's the upper part because he's kind of delivering like here's the counter message 
This yeah, is, I can't. I, I can't up? even say he has a lot of lines, but they're delivered nope. in such a way. They're all really good lines. Powerful, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they got. He has pathos. Like he's he's yes. really commanding. Like they got the um, right person. Yeah, no, honestly, he's, he's quiet. Like it's mm. he has. <laughs> well, he has dynamics. Everybody else is so one note. Yes, this guy can flow through like emotions. He's a professional actor. Like, a lot of these other guys kind of feel like he's done theater. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, he, you can he, tell. He, yeah, yeah not, th- th- these aren't people who did like a college movie once and think they can pull this off again. <laughs> <laughs> so Bango decides to harass harass Speedbagger. Now, Bango is a fa- is to me a fascinating character because you, you despite being a Nazi, you kind of like Bango. Yeah. yeah, he is charismatic, kind of charismatic. He's fun to be around. He he's is, more charismatic than like the leader. <laughs> yes, because the actor is just way better. Like he's a really good. I don't I don't yeah. know what this dude's name is. Billy Idol. Well, <laughs> that's enough. He might as well be. I, I'm uh, calling him Billy Idol because I thought his name was Mango because I just couldn't. <laughs> My audio wasn't good, so... Oh, uh, just singing about that waist. No, he literally... Yeah, he looks like Billy Idol with, like, the spiked white hair. And more muscular, like, he's muscle... He's obviously a muscle head. He's, like... He's a goon who's held back by the fact that he's a goon because he's very charismatic and clearly likable, but he's a fucking Nazi. Mm-hmm. Well, he like, knows his work. Yes. He's smart, he's, too. He's, like, like, he's uh, not an idiot. Like, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. It's, like, he's not, like, a muscle-bound moron. Like, I would say right. Bullwinkle's more of a dipsh- a dumbass than Bango. No, yeah. he's, he's like he's like making Blair in the green room. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, like he, he's very smart. He's just like, uh, look, we just need to quiet this the fuck down. Kind of like he knows what to do in the moment. Yeah, just not. It doesn't, you know, he's he's, he's held a Nazi. back by yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> held back by being a Nazi and. <clears throat> but but yeah, uh, they're they're there for like collection, like rent based, like protection money. Right. Yeah, remember, yeah. they're they're a gang. Protection racket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, I've already paid up, and they're hassling him a little bit, and they're getting like a. <laughs> Bango's just like, like you think they're going to get in a fight and he just starts like a slap fight and he's laughing at him. It's really, it's fun. Yeah. And then yeah, um, yeah. I guess Bullwinkle's kind of like, hey, you know what? Just forget it. You know, you, you saved my life. So, you know, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Right. This time. Right. It's cool this time. Yeah. yeah. They're definitely like, asking. He's fair, but he's such a dick. Like, yes, but he's fair. Like he's keeping track. He's very uh, mm-hmm. transactional, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah. Eh, Many right. sociopaths are, I understand. Oh, yeah. Well, even yeah. the main character fucking likes Bango by the end because he fucking acts. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to it. Like, it's a little yeah. Hard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, we switched the next scene. And this is the part, again, where um, the movie started really picking up for me because we hear a really long scene that's like head like a hole. Like, it's it's for yeah. a long time. It's, it's like the, the whole, whole background to this whole scene while they're talking and everything. It's a big roller boy party at some kind of like a carnival type place. There's like a there's a merry-go-round and there's like, you know, a guy inside a building. Yes. Like they go into this like uh, octagonal building and there's like a fucking everything. This is the most like a water slide. There's mud wrestling. This is where it's like, oh wow, boobs. Girls in costumes. It's just, it's crazy. It's a crazy roller boy party. If they had like dropped some swearing and cut like the tits out of the scene, this could have been like every kid's favorite movie. Because they would have been able to see it. You know what I'm saying? It was rated R in 1990. Yeah. They saw yeah. a lot of toplessness in, in the next five to ten minutes of the movie, and then like none at all, really, after that. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. But it's, I think it's to show the decadence of this party. Yes, but it also, sure. and, and you know what? It's like, it makes sense in context. It's not sure. great. You know I mean, what I mean? It's just yeah. like, eh. But, is, and it's like, that, ah, that's yeah. the kind of party this is. Right. Well, again, this it's is not like they hold on it. Right. Or anything like it's just It's just there. It's not like a big deal. Male gaze, for sure. 
But, oh, absolutely. Oh, come on. Two, like, bikini-clad women, like, fucking mud wrestling. Oh. Yeah. yeah it's the crazy, is... like, head-shaking bit. Yeah. Just pounding her head <laughs> like into, in the like, second you know, when they yeah. cut back to it. But it's all between people and stuff. Like, it's not a clear shot of it either. Like, mm. it's very much, you know, someone, you know, fly the wall. The way mm-hmm. they do a lot of this stuff. It's an and interesting then, um, scene, like, yes. in general. Um, so, big roller party, and... Uh, you find out that Griff is actually there looking for Milty because he's, of course, fucked off to the Rollerboy party. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit more from um, Gary Lee who shows up. And this is where you get like a better sense. Gary Lee, Gary Lee is that spoiled kid on the block who like his parents would buy him all the toys, but like nobody really wanted to play with him, but she let him play with you anyway. This is totally yeah. Gary Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because this is his birthday. Yeah. He comes up and he's like, hey, hey, how'd you like the van? You know, like, let me talk about the things that I did for you. Like, it's just right, so right, transparent. Right, right. Yeah. And like he's just like, hey, uh, Griff, you don't have to be a pizza delivery boy. Why don't you join up? And this starts the first time. I don't. I think it's the first time where like Griff, Corey Haim, throughout this movie gets asked pointed questions that are deserving of an answer, and you're expected to say something, and he just turns away and walks off. Like nobody can do that. Nobody he, can do that in real life conversations with people. He's got this half smile, which is kind of like his trademark, mm. and he mm-hmm. deploys it frequently throughout this movie and that's what he does in this moment like like that's his answer like he doesn't know how to answer well he has this other thing too where he like does like his mouth's open enough that he's like kind of smiling but then he like shoves his tongue underneath his top teeth (laughs) it's weird like it's it's funny because like i noticed him like what was it about him anyway like there's a lot of face acting in this movie i talk about it a little bit more later mugging he mugs yeah like this is oh man this is almost like end of an era kind of stuff too um so yeah so griff doesn't want to go he gets pissed off or uh he gets he gets pointedly asked <laughs> by Carrie lee why doesn't he join up don't you like us and he just like <laughs> turns and walks away it's like mm, so mm, okay so, so you're not yeah. saying that but you're saying it mm-hmm. um mm. and then he decides to just kind of walk home and he walks through this weird like open air flesh market or something oh, hold on like, you're, you're, done. you were you were you missed a very uncomfortable moment Oh, wait, you know, I'm sorry. I did skip ahead. And it was a weird, uncomfortable moment. You're right. Uh, yep, so this... outside the party, as he's leaving, he meets um, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Who's, again, pressing Cold up on him hard, trying to get some drugs. Was she dressed like it... a cowboy this time? No, she's not the cowboy. That's yet. later. This she time she's dressed like, she's like a like... weird Charlie Chaplin kind of yeah. outfit. She's got a yeah. bowler she's on. Like, the beauty mark, is. it looks like it's a cross. Mm. Like, it's tough to tell because it's a 4K, but it's really fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, she, she like a, like a, like a, like a fucking made mm, something it's, like it's, that it's a lot of things very it, it, it's very it reminds black. me of like a showgirl from back in the yeah day. exactly because uh, it's right. also kind of like a costume party that only the girls are dressing up for i guess right. because everybody yeah. else has a uniform yep <laughs> everyone's going as a roller boy uh, <laughs> oh god and like bango's kind of flirting with her earlier in the thing and like she kind of brushes uh off or mm-hmm. i'm sorry cory kind of brushes her off and then they meet again in the alley at back and she's like still trying to score some stuff and I guess he's just kind of like, hey, you know what? Let's work this. And just goes at her hard. So it's like kissing her real hard. Oh, and then like sound. feeling her <sighs> up. She's looking to score. And then like he does this really weird thing where just he immediately starts taking off her underwear. That is extremely disturbing. Yeah. Yes. However, the audio on them kissing took me back to the movie Avalon where that guy just ate for like three minutes and they had it zooming the fuck in on his mouth and all you heard was the wet smacking wet oh, macaroni god. noises you know like, had the boom mic too close oh my god and it's like 
it's like long enough that you're like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, it's wow. Did you, what, you got a lavalier? What the it's fuck? It's so uncomfortable. It's the, because again, this is like weird semi sexy number one mm. of, it's, it, again, ages are never set in this yeah. film, but it is de- definitely implied. In that real life, they're about four years apart or something. Yeah, but like it's implied that ugh, that's even weird. Like it's even implied that they're all teenage, that they're basically teenagers. Mm-hmm. And, and like I don't, I don't want to see teenagers do this. Like it was a weird. It's <laughs> right. an '80s and '90s thing. Yeah. I feel that doesn't yeah. really happen because it, it, makes... it, it immediately made me think of like better, well done sex scenes because you don't see sex scenes anymore. It, right, but it's this like there's a way to do this. But this kissing is not who it. have no chemistry. Yeah, this mm. is not how you do that. So it's like, you know what? It's a, it's like a high school like a junior high dance level don't of, say that like, because he took her panties off well no like okay <laughs> so, high school then. <laughs> so high school then all right uh, but like it, <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> it's it's still like it's so yeah awkward yeah it is it's like literally it, it, she says to him at one point is like you know have you never kissed before or something like that it it's like no no that, that, but that, that's later but yeah yeah, but like, like she does ask him that, and it's just like that's why you're saying that. Mm. Like, you can, look at this, Jenner, it's right here. So it's it's so weird. It's so, so yeah, weird. he does this like you know super predator thing of like taking off her underwear <laughs> while he's making out with her, and then he just like holds it up to her. and He's like, "Geez, you'll you'll do anything for it, won't you?" And he like throws it at her and like walks away like he's some kind of you know badass. And it's like you could have just oh, you could have just pushed God. her off, you bro. Like he's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's you that's obviously a... love her if, if you're gonna do all that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no bridge too far. Sitting in a tree. Uh... So he goes down to to Pleasure Alley. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wrote uh, budget Blade Runner open air flesh market, but they this call it yeah. Loveland USA. If this was in a, a L-shaped warehouse, very large warehouse, like machine shop size warehouse, this would have looked exactly like the first time I took acid at a rave. <laughs> I mean, it was literally that narrow. There were a bunch of little shops open. There was a dude doing tattoos. Like it was like Blade Runner, like meets, yeah, big room Wild. techno kind of stuff. Except there was no techno in the scene, and that made me sad. So yeah, flesh pot alley. He's kind of, you know, stumbling through it. I guess there was no other way home. Or maybe he's looking right. unwind. I don't know. Yeah. Um, after that scene with uh, with Casey. Um, and then we meet our two numbskull cops. I don't even think I got their names, but they're like. I never got their names. Yeah, I never got their names either. I'm just going to say that f- fedoras will never go out of style for cops mm-hmm. in any era. Yeah. Because uh, they're the only people in the whole movie wearing fedoras. And they're like a couple of cops that try to shake down. Mil- uh, sorry, not Milty. Griff. On his way yeah. home, and um, they, they don't really say their cops. They just kind of like start hassling him, and he runs because that's they what don't you show do. Badge. Some fucking yeah, weirdos were hassling you in a flesh yeah. market. Well, no, they pull guns. They don't even flash badges. Oh, that's, that's right. It makes me wonder if they're cops, but they work for Jaworski. Yeah, yeah, they're. they're so, it's, um, I think they're like either detective or they actually. Well, we learn later they actually are on like undercover kind of surveillance. Yeah, they're the but, vice squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they're at, crushers. Yeah, but like. I guess training isn't like, you know, the highest priority right now. Yeah. This would be like, like me. If they hired me to do this job, this would, <laughs> I'd be one of these guys. You know, I'd just be like, ah, let's be dicks. You know, like, because uh, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, a, yeah. it's like a, uh, um, a tall black guy and like a short, older white guy who definitely should be retired. Like <laughs> the guy's yes. like 67 years old or something. Yeah. Uh, and they're like throwing some jokes back and forth. And of course he runs, he like almost gets away, but then um, he turns around the corner and Jaworski, Swarov, Swarovski, 
uh, is there. And like, you realize, oh, these guys are cops, like trying to chase him down. And they take him into the, the police station and he's like screaming over a bunch of police station noises. The, the Foley work is pretty good with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where this gets like so like just hard boiled because Jaworski's like, all right, you two take a powder. And like just all these like yeah. 1930s <laughs> slang for cops. And again, never went out of style for cops. Yeah. Beat it. Like- like, I, I kind of like this oh, scene in the way that I like, like, uh, Robert De Niro in Brazil is the renegade air conditioner repairman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's where it feels like it's in the same building as this, you know? Like it it's... might as well. Yeah, I was going to th- talk about that, too, because I'm like, they, they pull him into this building. It's supposed to be the police department. You got, like, cops wearing, like, fucking construction hazard vests. Mm-hmm. There are sandbags lining the walls. <laughs> because I guess an RPG could just... Yeah, like, I guess an RPG could just rack the building at any moment. Oh, yeah, anytime. and there's, like, files everywhere yeah. and in a corner of Jarowski's office is like an m79 grenade launcher like oh, <laughs> just yeah. piles yeah. of weapons lying around i guess they the funding got cut or maybe japan bought the police headquarters too I don't i'm willing yeah, to believe have a like, few rooms left yeah like i'm willing to believe like you said uh it's a robocop kind of situation mm-hmm. a little bit or you know like they, they, this is where they la pretends to have a police department like that's really that's literally what came to mind these are these are like LA's last cosplayers, you know. Like, Seriously, Jaworski takes him into the office, and uh, Corey Haim starts doing his best, like rebel without a cause act, like <laughs> yeah, like staring above his head, and like you know, he's asking him all about like, so where'd you get the van, and how'd you know Gary Lee, and all this stuff, trying to like find out what what his deal is basically, and yeah. ends ends with, uh, hey, how about you be our mole, pal? We treated you so well up until now, right? Yeah. And uh, and and Corey Abe's like, oh well, you know, this just this is another gang, man. And this is where we learn, like, no, these roller jerks, they have their own real estate, they got foreign investments, they got factories, and like, this is where for some reason, I don't know why, he just starts calling him Ramrod. Yeah, that it so was yeah. just makes up a nickname for him that has nothing to do with it. If I was going to call him anything, I'd call him Hair Gel. Like the <laughs> oh my god, the, yes, the the budget for Hair Gel and shoulder pads for this movie, there was no, there was so no much. limit. Yeah. Oh, it's so much. Back like then, you had you had that on tap. So. It, oh my God, it is the era. It's the era. Yeah. Like it, it's terrifying. It's it's nostalgia. It's powerful, powerful, awful nostalgia. And and the biggest part here is where he starts talking. He says like, "Well, you better watch." Uh, Shawarski says, "You better watch out for your little brother. You know he's gonna have him running dope any day now." And he's like, "No way, that wouldn't happen." And Shawarski's like, "No, nah, that's how they do it, man. They get the miners. Like it's so mm-hmm. really, it's smartly thought the way that they do this stuff because it's yeah. all like." You it know, sounds like a real criminal tricks that everybody knew after watching the wire but up until this point like that yeah. was probably pretty new for some people right yeah. no, it, it uh, and that leads us to the very next scene sorry go ahead no it just made a lot of sense because he yeah. explains like you have the kid who gets arrested and you know what would have a clean record scott and, and this know. is yeah, this is another one of those things in the movie where it's just like um you know there are like what are considered to be better movies that have worse explanations than this. yes yes absolutely. Like, this this works this yeah. is solid. And again, I'm not going to say Jaworski is a great actor, but this part is pretty well written. Yeah. Uh, well, and he, then at the very is, end of this. Though, he's been in so much shit. Well, like, the thing that bugs me about him, and you see it in this scene, and I think I mentioned it later too, like, we know you're a cop. Stop scratching your head like Columbo. Oh, he's... He oh, does it all the time. He's dressed like Columbo. I, and at the end, I thought they were going to like put a, a plot point that he had lice or something. I was like, just waiting really... for him to be like, and one more thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. No, but he, yeah, he's, you know, they, I don't know how he was directed. All I know is he's like, yeah, just do a Columbo thing. He's like, oh, yeah, man, you know, me and we, we go way back. 
uh, so the last part of the scene that's important is that you see later he's watching this video with Casey and he's like, what do you think? Is this our guy? And what does she say? She doesn't look like he's totally unhinged or something like that. Like he's a washout. Like, he yeah, sucks. he's a washout. It's a real lethal weapon kind of thing. <laughs> like it, it's just it. it Cause you're looking so at it true. on the screen for a few minutes. It's like the rest of the interview, but then you, they cut back and you know, it's Jarowski and, and Claire or whatever in the room, Carol, Casey, in the room yeah. together. Casey, my God, I can't remember yeah. either. It's like a minute long. They just need like something really quick to explain. And she has that one again. line and cut. Yes. It's like, okay. Uh, which then anyway, their conversation takes us to the next scene, which I guess is like a, like a food stand. It's out on the corner anyway. And, um, uh, Griff, Corey Ham is, is looking at Milty kind of behind trying to see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's staying out of sight. And you see that Milty is absolutely a corner boy. He's, uh, He's mm-hmm. hooking up a bunch of cars that are running through, giving him the whole spiel. Some rich couple in like a Mercedes convertible. He's slanging that mist on the street. <laughs> oh, and okay. So yeah, there's a rich couple in a Mercedes convertible. And I swear to God, I'm like, where, who's that actor? I know this actor. Mm-hmm. And actually the guy in the convertible looks exactly like disgraced Republican Texas Senator Tom DeLay. <laughs> if you remember him from like around 2000, 2001, where he was oh, you know, God, yeah. forced out of Congress. But yeah, he looks Prophet. exactly like the dude. Um, prophetic i remember him as kind of like a slightly even more inflated rush limbaugh yeah 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 um so then uh you know griff grabs milty and he kind of confronts him on this stuff he tells him like you know the the roller boys are all about racism and drugs and um you know milty's like uh so <laughs> yeah, basically I don't he's got know. a I, fistful I, of I money i got a job dog he's like this shit look at this fucking tw- stack i'm 12 i don't know what that means yeah and at this point, um, rising action, a truck pulls around the corner and surprise, surprise, the B-12 vitamin boys, the B-13 gangers, sorry, the B-13 uh, gangers uh, start gunning down everybody at the hot, uh, at the hot dog stand. It looks like a hot dog stand, some kind of food yeah, stand. Yeah, it's, because it's a fascist hot hangout because there's yeah. boys just like hanging out there. And a much more interesting and well-dressed gang just blows them away. Yeah, the B-13ers who are dressed kind of like, they, they dress kind of like old school Hells Angels. There's a lot of denim patches, mm-hmm. but they're like a totally multicultural. Oh, gang. that's how it was in uh, the Bronx during like the 70s. You would wear yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, there they you took go. A lot, they took a lot of their, um, from real uh, real life gangs in the, in the Bronx in the 70s, took inspiration from bikers. So, yeah. that, and that's what the B-13ers look like. I'd, I'd be, a, I'd, I'd probably be a member of that gang. Yeah, no, they look uh, pretty rad, honestly. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, not like enough, there's no car or something. Yeah, there's not enough explanation about like the, we don't basically all we know about the B-13ers is that they are a multi-ethnic gang and that they are opposed to fucking white supremacists. And that's literally about it. We know seem that. pretty yeah. fucking cool. They seem really cool. We never meet a character from them. We never mm-hmm. like a named character from the B-13ers. Never have an exchange with them. No, yeah. never. I You get kind of the beginning of one, which might have ended with a shock into the face, but like mm-hmm. they there, that was it. There, it, I feel it was like one a little bit of a wasted point because you don't really see things from their side. Yeah, yeah. You know, they only show them as like murderers, really. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah, but like maybe they have food stands. I don't know. I don't like, know. Like it, they're definitely depicted. How as the like, fuck do the roller boys have foreign investments if they're giving away fucking food all the time? You know, I like, don't know. It's, it, it, how it's, does this work? I mean, the Crips and the Bloods did that, but like the point. The point is, is like the B thirteeners are meant to be like the trigger, like an actual gang. Yeah. Do the Bloods or the Crips own factories? God, I wish. No, no. They they would give. That's what I'm saying. Like this doesn't. There's like a lot that doesn't. Like okay, so where are they getting the money from? What it comes out. Is it the drugs? What seems to me this the 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 answer later in the first place is that um um was it Gary Lee? Gary Lee. Gary Lee. Gary Lee is is a uh, it's rich kid because that was a banker. Mm -hmm. 
and he's got yeah. lawyers and funds and you know that's just that's where he comes from it sounds like a dolly parton song mm. uh <laughs> really <laughs> so so yeah the, the b-13ers roll up and they give everybody a lead salad that's sitting there at the hot dog stand Roller boys start returning fire, and both Bango and Bullwinkle are here. They lace up a couple of dudes, and then Doesn't this part... some woman just get uppercutted. Yeah, no, uh, she gets well, just, just shot the fuck. That comes later, but a woman just gets yeah shotgun to the belly in this scene. Yeah, like um, this, is, and then this part's kind of dumb because the the B thirteen has realized okay we're done let's let's dip out, and this is the same time that Milty and Griff decide that they're going to leave. So they basically they're running away from the people who are running away alongside the people who are running away and they just keep getting shot at yeah by the people yeah. they're trying to run away from when they could have just stayed put and nothing would yeah been. the guys in like the badass truck decide let's go let's fuck those chase white these two kids yeah <laughs> fuck those white kids let's go fuck them up and point you know, against the b13 yeah, yeah which is like you know fair but like yeah they just fucking chase random people <laughs> they just want to blow out some windows in a car yeah it, it's not a great depiction because it's like it's kind of implied that they're just there to fuck up whoever right yeah. Again, I uh, really would, no, really you gotta would. have a business sense because how are you gonna buy the ammo? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I would have liked to have known more about like things through the B13ers. This movie would have been another half an hour long just to explain this shit. That would have been fine. So, um, so the B13ers chase down Griff. They got him cornered in an alley, and he's like about to to um ice him. And out of the shadows comes Psycho Bullwinkle. And just like murks these two guys in the back of the head, and then talks about how he's psycho bullwinkle sleeping through the <laughs> sleeping through yeah. the shadows, murking people in the back of the head. He's a weird uh, guy. It's the fasc- it's the fascist romanticization of violence. Mm. It's it's a great moment for him though. It explains <laughs> his entire character because it's just this whole like cosplayer made actual kind of moment. And but it's it, the most fascist. It was oh, like the, for sure. that was like the thing that got me, where it's like you're just romanticizing like just the violence you, and murder you just did, and it. And it extends on that point when Milty starts kicking the dead B-13 or like, oh, yeah. fuck you. You were going to kill my brother. Fuck you. And to Griff's credit is like revolted by this. And yeah. I thought that that was a really good point of the story. That's a crazy moment. It was so good. We, it just nailed on the head what fascists we, are uh, fucking like. It's the turn. It's yeah. the turn. It's, the a, it's, a, really, it's a really brilliant moment of this movie. Yes. Milty's coming along nicely in his arc from corner boy to child soldier. Yeah. Kicking yes. his corpse and then dipping out with Bullwinkle and Bango. He yes. has the wildest arc in this movie. Yes. Milty rules this film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so next scene, um, Griff actually does something. Uh, <laughs> Finally. He goes to the cop and he's like, hey, I'll be your narc, but you know what? You better, let me tell you, like, if something happens to me, you better get Griff out of here and you better put him in college and you better, like, you know, like, do all this stuff for him. And the cop's get like... Give him a dirigible and give him a million dollars and give him a car. And, and the cop's like, are you fucking out. nuts? Yeah. <laughs> that like, doesn't I can't exist. Even, I can't even afford uniform. He's like, <laughs> I can't even afford uniforms for my, for my officers. What makes you think I can, like, send him away? When's the last time you think I washed this shirt? <laughs> Well, I wish you said that. Oh my god, that's what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, he looks. Like, everyone, he looks like just everyone looks sweaty. Voice. It's great. Everyone, yeah, what's that like? Yeah, so he kind of agrees to this to be a narc without any like real assurances. Jurassic is kind of like, uh, yeah, okay. As he like brushes some tune off his shirt or something. I think, yeah, because it's kind of like he's just doing it to save to get his brother out of this situation because it's very obvious that like he's starting to like you know drink the fascist Kool Aid. Well, if there's but, one thing about Griffin that mm. runs through this entire film is that he would do anything for milty yes good like will, that is yes. clear there's yes, no it's, it's very sweet ambiguity here whatsoever there's no mystery to it it's just yeah. pure unadulterated fucking like 
Kamehameha wave of love. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, he's his brother's parent, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the one last thing that's interesting in this scene is uh, after he agrees to work with them again with no real assurances, uh, Jurassic's like, what's the day of the rope? Uh, and God help me. And Corey Ames like, uh, sorry, Griff is like, uh, oh, you know, that's just, that's the day where they, you know, they're all, they're going to get even. With their enemies. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not too sure about that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, brother, you're not. Because I, because that's from like some weird white supremacist novel about <laughs> hanging everyone who married. Well, a black, I mean, who, like, I read this somewhere person. before. I don't remember the website. Something. I don't did know. I, did yeah, I say this it, earlier? Or did I say this before we started where I was just like, it's just crystal knocked. It's it's crystal knock, it's just, but I feel it was from eyes, like a more they call like it something softer. Uh, yeah, it, no, crystal meth like, knocked. Yeah, I don't even think it is from that. I do think it's from like that weird white supremacist novel that fascists like the eighties were getting wet over. Which one? Uh, fucking. Can you be more specific? This is America. No, sir. yeah, I know. Sorry, I can't remember. Of course, I don't know the fucking name because it's. None dare call it conspiracy. Maybe it's fiction. It was meant to be a sci-fi book. No. Behold a pale horse. Oh no, was it Turner Diaries? Yes, thank you. It was oh. that. Yes, yeah. so bad. So bad. It's fuck so it. bad. Oh my Turner God. Diaries. Uh, yeah, I, I felt it was from like the, indirectly inspired by the Turner Diaries because there is a moment of like the Night of the Rope or something in that. There book. you go. All right. Could be. Yeah. So like as soon as I saw that, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Not super original. Where no, it's like, but you know what? Given when the book was written, this was kind of like nobody's yeah. really talking about it. I mean, granted, the thing you got to understand about the Turner Diaries is it was for a long time. The best-selling independently published book in America, which is Fuck, man. terrifying. Fuck, dude. you could find this shit at like any fucking truck stop. You could find this shit anywhere. You can get it mailed to your house. You can get it mailed to your house with a thank you note. Literally I mean, has really it literally wild. has a scene where they hang everybody in an interracial relationship in like America. And that's where the night of the rope is coming. That's where that so line bad. came from. Wow. It's so bad. Okay. It's so racist. And I'm I'm certain that they have a copy of it in the Rollerboy recruiting headquarters, which is probably where probably. we open up next. Which Good is like okay, so this is this is the part where I was really realizing that this movie has some deep like vaporwave overtones. We get to this place. It's the office for the Rollerboys. I guess it's a recruiting center or something, and it's got. Like glass bricks all around it. So it's like that mm-hmm. glass brick kind of look. It's got like palm fronds everywhere. There's like an iguana lounging in the front oh, office. This. There's a suit of armor with like a neon light for a sword. There's oh, like, yeah. it, look, it looks like a teenager designed this place. That's what I was going to say. Did. It looks yeah. like Gary Lee had a room when he was 12 years old that had a lot of CRT TV screens and dinosaur plastic toys and mannequins and all this yep. stuff that he put into his office. It's just like, you know, extensions of his his childhood. Um, it's a uh, five trapper keepers, but it does. It it, it looks like a like a, something out of a vaporwave video. If if there is a, a Roman bust, it would be like perfect. There's the, there's only thing that's well, missing. I mean, there's no statue. Isn't on top of one of the fucking TVs? Uh, no, the dinosaurs are on top of the TVs. So oh, that's yes. right. okay, okay. Mannequin legs and mannequin arms. It's bad. This is, this is like a, something you perfect. would. Yeah, this is something you would see in like the back rooms. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it, exactly. It looks, it I don't looks... even remember what happened in the scene other than fucking Corhane fires a gun. I just remember her like, <laughs> well, this um, whole fucking place is insane. The worst looking fucking rifle. Bullwinkle's the receptionist. And like, uh, you see him reading a newspaper that says, again, uh, Germany buys Poland. <laughs> what is it? What? Meanwhile, it looks, on the... like, it looks like Germany invades Poland. You know, it's the same yeah. type set. Yeah. It's the same thickness of letters. It's yeah. fuck... like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, and on the radio, it's... Uh... Do you know what this movie's about yet? You know, like, it's... Yeah, yeah. 
And on the radio's um, federal government unable to meet payroll for the second consecutive week, the fourth <laughs> army's camped out in the mall. And I was like, two weeks, motherfucker. We're up to thirty-five days on some of these government shutdowns. Is that is that yeah, yeah. going to take two weeks for the society to collapse? Fucking army to hold <sighs> up in a mall. There's, Looting in DC, I was like, "Oh, right, okay." Oh no, that's not really a great place to hole up. It's like just a big clear spot from like the monument to the Capitol. Well, it's the same thing that the, mm-hmm. the b- bonus army did, like right. back in exactly nineteen tens or whatever. Nineteen uh, twenties. Sorry. Hey, I'll be I'll be back in a second. Hold up. Yeah, Smedley okay, Butler. Sure. He's my boy, Smedley Butler. Shout out. Hell yeah, that would be a great. Enough. Anyway, Thanks so for capitalism. Should uh, we, I don't know. Okay. Should we like diddle till he gets back, or like, do you want to? Huh? Let's. Uh, all right. So where were we? Uh, we're in the Royal Boy uh, Recruiting Center. Okay. Right. Uh, right. 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 And Bullwinkle is the like the receptionist, I guess. Yeah. And you know, Griff's like, "Hey, I got an appointment with Gary Lee." And Bullwinkle's just like, "Griff, why are you here? I thought you didn't like us." Like he's calling right. on us. And again, Griff says nothing. Yeah. Um, and then Gary uh, Gary Lee's walking up the stairs with Mr. Noburo, who's a Japanese businessman, and he's saying, you know, uh, won't you reconsider? Uh, I have, you know, I would really like to buy a lot more guns. Mm-hmm. And the, the Japanese guy's like, we'll see how you do with these first. And then, like, I don't know if he's trying to insult him or why he brings this up, but he's like, I mean, obviously it's exposition, but he's like, I understand that you're uh, investing, you know, beefing up your investments, your portfolio in American real estate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Gary Lee's like, buying back America. And the Japanese guy says, who would want it? Right. <laughs> Which is like really funny because they're, I don't even know if like Japan is buying parts of America at all or if they're just taking extracting buildings and whatnot. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like a repo man just came for like chunks of your mm. county. Like, right. It, 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 I really it like this one particular windmill. Yeah. It's, it's like weird property buyout from God knows who. And then but... transportation and then reassembly. Is yeah, I don't know if that's really how that would work, but it definitely gave me um, Snow Crash kind of vibes where like yeah. everything's corporate, like everything kind of got corporatized. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, so yeah, Gary Lee takes um, takes Bullwinkle and uh, Griff into the office. And again, Griff is asking him like, what's up? I thought you didn't like us. Suddenly I have a change of mind. Uh, and uh, to answer that, well, sorry, damn it. Um, so another really kind of neat bit is uh, he, they bought these guns. They have these really neat bullpup looking guns, which mm-hmm. is a step up for them because before they had these like big M16, like A2s, like Vietnam mm-hmm. vintage stuff. You know, shitty American. Completely, uh, completely the wrong gun you want to be shooting from rollerblades, which mm-hmm. in itself, the physics behind shooting on rollerblades, I'll get into that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem desirable, but... <laughs> Uh, no. it's, a, it's a very long gun is the point and these right. new yes. guns that they have are like um they're these little bullpups so i guess they're like a lot better for firing if you're rollerblading while you're yeah. attacking people yes i kind of he says stable, um, i guess yeah. i don't know i don't it's know a, another little throwaway that gary lee says is beautiful he says oh you like them they're vintage guns they were only used that week the israelis were hired to mop up northern ireland Jesus yeah that's statement right there it's like oh that's my a, god that is <laughs> a line from the movie yes <laughs> My God, that, you know, again, I listened to that twice and I didn't understand it. Like it, for some reason it was like muffled. It's just so yeah. much right up. You got to think there. about it. It was like, that one's like, again, Germany buys Poland. That's, that's clown shoes. Like that's insane. But like the idea of hiring mercenaries to mop up Northern Ireland, it's like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, man. Uh, mop up. What are you talking what, about? What happened? What does Israel have to do with Ireland that way? They like each other. Well, they were mercenaries, so they could be from wherever. Yeah, I true. guess. <clears throat> Blackwater shit. 
Israelis, Israeli mercenaries. Uh, anyhow, I mean, it's a neat I mean, little throwaway. Right. Yeah, I mean, Israel and, um, sold a lot of guns during the eighties. Anyway, and he, he uh, you know, uh, Griff so Bullwinkle talks his shit. Griff picks yeah. up the gun. He's holding the gun, and Bullwinkle's like, "Yeah, so what'd you change your mind for?" Anyway, he's really trying to drill down on that one point, and mm-hmm. like Griff just kind of like turns around and shoots the wall with the assault rifle, blasting a TV and all the glass behind it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Gary Lee's just like, "Oh, silly old Griff!" And like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shucks, blood. Been Been a while like, since we just kicked it. Same old Griff. I'm like, did you did you guys always just like <laughs> blast just assault rifles yeah. and deafen everyone in the room for fun? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. So Gary Lee he, sends uh, Bullwinkle away. Well, he says to Bullwinkle, he's just like, I haven't changed my mind about you. Yeah. Yeah. He starts to be a badass. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, mm-hmm. man. Uh-huh. Oh, he's undercover now. Holy shit. This guy. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense because I haven't changed my mind about you. I saved you from a fire. Right. So yeah. I, anyways, I, I, what way do you not like? Do you not like him now because he doesn't like you and he's been continuity clear about it? issue? Fuck it. He, um, he's just trying to be a badass, man. It doesn't mean sure. it makes sense. So uh, uh, Gary Lee sends um, Bullwinkle away, and he's talking to Griff, and he's like, you know, basically sending out the rules. He's like, oh, I'm glad you know you wanted to join up with us. Yada yada. Basically, the Buddha's boiling down to don't do the mist, and he tells him, by the way, I hate betrayers, and looks at him. I got yeah. little eyes in my notes, and then. Chris is like, oh, sounds great, man. Hey, what's the day of the rope? Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's no... Literally. There's right yeah, out there's, of his mouth. Yes. That wasn't me being funny. That was yep. the line. Yep. Just no fluid, like no like good segue. It was just, yo, what's the day of the rope? Can you speak yeah. into my lapel? That's where the microphone is. Yes. It'd be like, It'd be like, okay, so welcome to DARPA. Okay, so over here, this is where you have coffee. This is where we have the donuts. Here's where we have like the robot that makes like pastries for you. Okay. And then over here, like this is uh, the hallway where you can go to reception. You can go to clock in over here. And uh, and then you turn to them and go, okay, so when do I get like my cock enhanced? <laughs> like it's that level of jarring in the moment. Like, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's... so Griff's like, yeah, am I, am I in? You guys need to jump me in or what? <laughs> and, right. And Gary was like, not quite. And you, you find that there is an initiation mission where... Um, they are told they need to skate across uh, the cargo facility that I guess it's, it's by the docks where Mr. Nerburo's, uh docks are, and this, they need to steal a security badge and meet him out on the other side. This is the this worst. Is so bad, one. it's awesome. It's Ugh. so it's so awesome and bad, but Completely. however, this is not how you get. This is not how you recruit someone. Completely no. unrealistic. No, yes. it's just a scene where they get to skate in a straight line for a really long time. And yeah, it gets to show they get to go as fast as they want to go because it's all about being fast. Well, except that one guy who gets shot in the back. He yeah, immediately, like, immediately, immediately. They, they they run past some guards and you hear like a, someone over a loudspeaker saying, do not make us kill you. Oh, wait, back up. They're being towed by a van. Oh, yeah, that's how they get there. Bullwinkle. Yeah, that's how they get the and momentum. <laughs> so when he does it to like, he, he kind of whips them. So what he does is like, he turns the van real sharp to the left. And it the guy in the passenger seat didn't see it coming. <laughs> because he takes a hit. <laughs> like, it's like, when you see them turn, it's like, oh, fuck. He took a shot to the window. Like, yeah, no, pe- I, like I said before, people got hurt making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bullwinkle is such an asshole in real life. He didn't tell him. Yeah. <laughs> Like the actor himself is just like I don't like him either, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. So, uh, so yeah, they're running through the, this thing, and there's like dozens of security guards, and there's like 
no less than like six different vehicles. They have an ATV that's chasing them, a, a motorcycle that chases them through a building. There's a van. There's a pickup truck. There's mm-hmm. an SUV. There's a semi truck. So many mm-hmm. different motor vehicles trying to catch these guys, not to mention just guards spraying them. And only one guy gets gets killed. And like I said, at he got first, hurt right yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Like, like, he, then, like uh, he, he like eats the bullets so the two of them can get away. Yeah. And it's didn't. funny because the all right, so the guy he's skating against is in this blue jumpsuit and looks like so slightly older Nazi. He looks like a mm-hmm. like he's too old to be joining the roller boys. He needs to be like in the roller men. You know what I mean? Like he needs to, he's literally too old to be here. But he kind has looks like a hockey player, bulky kind of like outfit. A little bit. Like this bit. guy, though, when you watch him like skate, he might be a real skater. I think so, yeah. And the other thing about him is he has the fashiest like comb over yeah. like haircut. Yeah, because like, it's, it's Hitler's haircut. Without <laughs> being blonde, because so far, like well, for some reason, a lot of the roller boys uh, blonde seems to be the predominant style. Mm. But uh yeah, no, he does look like a fucking he's like this brunette fashion. He's fashy as looking. Yeah. It's, it's incredible that a haircut could look fascist, but there you go. <laughs> so it throws so, they, so much at you. They run through the whole facility, <laughs> uh highly unlikely in a highly unlikely manner, they escape every bullet and every vehicle that's sent after them. Um, Griff does manage to swipe a security badge. And <laughs> this is the part that really makes absolutely no sense. They're running out and they're to the back gate, which is closed. And the roller boys, Bango decides he's going to open the back gate by firing a law rocket at it. Woo! And this is a chain yep. link fence. Okay. And I say gate like generously. He fires yeah, he... a law rocket at a chain link fence. Spoiler alert. They don't work that way. And it blows mm-hmm. up the chain link fence directly in front of them as they're like, it would have blown them up. Like, right. yeah, they would be dead. Yeah. It would have launched the fucking cage or like the gate at them. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, like the way this happened. Law but rockets no. are expensive. Maybe just bolt cutters next time, Bango. Maybe just back just drive the van it. into it. Just back, yeah. back the van into it real quick. Oh, my God. Um, <sighs> so, so the last skate. two of them skate out. Yeah. Griff hops onto the van and the one guy's left. And he's like, hey, guys. I, I realized earlier that you said only one of us could make it, but I'm going to still hang out here and hope that you'll take pity on me. Mm-hmm. And he gets a 45 slug in the chest. Yep. Well, you, from, okay, back up. <laughs> did he have a card? No, mm-hmm. I don't think he even had a card. I don't think he What was he did. thinking? I, I didn't don't, see he him. I don't know. Like, you get the sense that maybe getting arrested by security would have been more merciful for him. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, like, I don't know if he was trying to steal Griff's security card that he stole or he, he found his he own. He wasn't making for it. Mm. That's yeah. the other thing. So like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to think of the scene anyway. So, well, yeah. Anyway, no. Billy Joel pulls his nine in just, not Billy Joel, what the fuck's his name? <laughs> Gary Lee. This, thank Gary you. Lee. <laughs> uh, Gary Lee fucking pulls his fucking piece and just, like, kills him. And he looks, and they're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, he didn't, I said, I said it was only one. I was rooting for you. And he's like, what the fuck? And that's where yeah. I went. This is not how you mass recruit. Yeah. Sing us a I, song. Uh, you're the piano fash. I understand <laughs> that this is meant to be like a gang, but they're not though. They own a lot of shit. Yeah. They have well, an army. They also realized that this entire initiation was just a smokescreen for them to be able to steal more guns from the yard. Yeah, so maybe they don't do this all the time. I don't know. (laughs) So he hands them the fucking card and he just throws it out the card. Yeah, yeah. They didn't need the card. Your distraction gives a shit. Good job. You're in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, if there's ever a time you think he's like a fucking sociopath, it's like this time because he's like, "Eh, yeah. So throwing away the card thing. That that, that was just like, yeah, hold on to it, dude. You know, like, (laughs) 
Don't be like, ah, I didn't need that. He's like, good no, job. I'm I was gonna throw it away, and I'm gonna throw it away right in front of you to make a point. Yeah, because the implication is if if he didn't make it, he would have totally killed him. Yeah, he wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Uh, so then we get this weird roller boy initiation scene at night where there's like a big bonfire and they're all oh like, they got, their, they got their fists up like under their chin and the, and the roller boys salute and they're all chanting, day of the rope, day of the rope, future oh. is ours, future is ours, roller boys rule, roller boys rule, day of the rope, day of the rope. It's it's shittier than, uh, way, way, way shittier than like Shonuff. <laughs> but, mm. it's, but it's better than Dragnet. It's catchier. It's catchier. Yeah. It's, it's definitely it's, like clannish, fashy shit. And, and, well, I mean, it's scary. It was a good, jo- the, good job. Like, instead of the fashy thing, which kudos to the director for not using like the fash salute. What yes. they do instead is they stick like what fists up, basically. Like just not up in the air, but like under their chin. Yeah, they got the two yeah. fists under, under their, their chin. Chins, basically. <clears throat> right. And they're mm-hmm. just showing forearm, you know what I mean? And they're like pumping them a bit. And it's just yeah. like really, really weird. It's weird looking. No explanation what the symbology is. There it is. Deal with well, it. Well, it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like when you place a noose on someone's neck, you grab uh, it like by like that, you know, from the bottom. Anyway, that's what I, I figure. Guess. I don't know what else. I mean, it's a better best explanation. So sure. And he, um, it it, Gary Lee goes into like you know a bunch of Griff is blood of the dragon. Now he's joined the White Army. Take back our homeland. Take what's our derp 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 derp. Right. Canned speech. And fucking uh, uh, Bullwinkle gives him a dirty look. Oh, the dirtiest. That he happens to turn back just in time to catch. <laughs> Maybe the rivals. I don't know yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, fuck that character. Seriously. Like, he's, he's a spectacular asshole. He quite is. A perm. His quite acting a perm. isn't. The, the actor's acting as Bullwinkle is not great, but he looks the part mm-hmm. and he portrays shithead very well. I don't like him. I'm not supposed to like him. It exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. Well done. Yep. Um, oh. So yeah, the next scene uh, we have uh, Griff in oh. his full ro- roller boy regalia, looking like uh, uh, what's his name Muir from Suicidal Tendencies with the he's got like a painter's hat with a bill folded back. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, he looks it because now there's mirror sunglasses. Yeah, Psycho. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, the, the, or the the what's his name the guitarist, uh, the singer Muir. What's his name John oh, Muir? Mike Mike, uh, Mike Muir. Mike. Muir. Anyways, Mike Muir. Yeah, Psycho uh, Michael. Psycho Psycho Michael from Suicidal Tendencies. Anyway, he looks like an asshole. Is, He's got the painter hat flipped up. Uh, he's got the mirror shades on. He's got the trench coat, and they're kind of like strolling in, and they're going to shake down Pinky. They're at Pinky's place again, and he's with Bango. So him and Bango are like chill now. Never Bango showing the ropes. I'm sorry. Yeah. They all look like Rick Astley. It's like never gonna be. <laughs> Every time, like he showed up, like looking like that you know, with the shades on, I was just like, oh. yeah, just he's too cool fascist, for school. Just a fascist army of Rick Astley. Uh, so they shake down Pinky, you know, like Pinky, we need the, the money, and Pinky's like, I don't got it, and they like end up stealing the money from him and like wrecking his shop a little bit. Oh, he's mm. like, I know where your stash is, Dick. Yeah, yeah, and that's good for him because fuck Pinky's a dick. Yes, also true. Yeah, you don't really feel bad for Pinky, but it also like the scene definitely tells you like he's getting into it now. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. and in the next scene we see some more roller boy activity. They've actually got oh, like wait, a wait, wait, hang gone. on, hang on, hang on. When they're when they walk away. From ah. this mm-hmm. is this this is like one of the moments where it was like, "Fuck oh, <laughs> fuck. So they're they're walking away after being kind of like a dick about it, and um, they're they're about halfway down the aisle, and they both turn around, and they aim the guns at him, because he's like muttering something under his breath, like, "Oh," and they like they just turn around and like, 
point line the weapons six, right yeah. at him because it's a yeah. joke and it's funny for everybody except Pinky. <laughs> and then they like chuckle about it as they're walking the rest of the way down the alley. And I was just like, what a character moment. Fun times. Yeah. Really? I'm willing to bet the like actor that Bongo came up with that. It's like, hey, let's try we were going to kill you. That's why it's funny. Well, no, yeah. I mean, in the scene, I bet you he was like, let's improv this. <laughs> it worked. If he did, it definitely worked. It's very it's funny. Like, yeah, it is. It's funny. <laughs> it portrays, like, you know, their capacity for violence and joking about it. And, you know. They mean, like, they care about nothing. Yeah. But it's done zanily. Yes. Like, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's a, This is a weird film to contend with. It, 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 but it all but, works. It's yeah. Really good choices to portray, like, what these, <laughs> what they are. What they're like. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. You know, I think we've mentioned this before. It's, you never modern movies never want to show them with this kind of charisma mm. with that disarming kind of charisma mm -hmm. where they're yeah. all everyone's on the same there's always that kind of top-down sort of like oh he's he's famous because he's there you know charismatic or he's powerful because he's like it's different than that it's very much this it's very much we built this thing from the camps from the homeless camps you know he I mean? says that later yeah because then we because then we up. cut to like they're giving soup to kids yeah, like, the next scene it, is like more of the rollerboard activities. They're operating a soup kitchen. They're feeding like homeless kids. Only white kids, though. Noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, and giving um, away comic books. Yeah, giving them press. free uh, rollerboy comic, comic books. books. Yeah, specifically rollerboy comic books. Yeah. Am I evil for wanting <laughs> one? <laughs> well, it's like it's like a chick track thing, you know. They work. I, I, it's an interest. I, I hate them. I mean, it's good to know everything but it's good to know your enemy but exists. yeah absolutely and this is also one of the thing, scenes too where it's like every time this fucking actor who plays bango shows up you kind of like him yeah like yeah you know he has so much energy oh, he's terrifying in a he way. is a terrifying no like that's what that's the thing it's like he's a fucking fascist but like you kind of like him and that's like the whole ban banality of evil kind of thing i always appreciate like the charismatic villain who's also like a threat mm. yeah because Bango isn't even like a leader. It's like he he's no. higher. He's up there, but like again, he's a goon. He's, he's like a third, lieutenant. fourth yeah. key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is also a scene where um we see uh, a speedbagger <laughs> oh, walking position. by, and it's the first time the speedbagger sees Griff in his like you know gear. And speedbagger from the start has known what these guys are about. There's a couple of choice mm -hmm. lines from him. Oh yeah. But he just sees him in the in the gear with like the sunglasses on, and like Griff is going to take his sunglasses off, and speedbagger's like, just keep him on, boy. I know what hate looks like. Yeah. Oh. And he just walks out of frame. It's fucking tight. So good. It's just. And then he's uh, also Kate... the movie. Like this movie doesn't deserve him. <laughs> no, because he's acting. He <laughs> acts. He's such yeah. a good actor. His yeah. timing on the blocking is incredible. Like it's mm, it's too good. Uh, Casey shows up and she's got this weird like little sheriff outfit on. It's, and it's so like, like big orange on. plastic gun. I'm like, wait a minute. This is about this point of the movie where I'm like, wait, what the fuck are they doing with her? Mm. Like, uh, like, what's the film doing with her? I think you know? it's like the the kind of like the punker sense of where like everything's kind of fucked. So like, what even is fashion at this point? Like, just mm. do whatever. Well, it's a low budget you know? film. Maybe this is what they had access like access to. <laughs> Which I mean, hey, Patricia Maybe. fucking shout out for being a goddamn champ about it. Like, yeah i mean she's supposed to be like good like a kitschy kind of like fashion you know victim kind of look but it's weird because like all of her costumes look just as good on like a 60 year old woman mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. they're weird yeah it's very weird it's very weird mm -hmm. she pulls it off though. like it's it's like all right 
<laughs> and this is where we get another I choice. Uh, to go for it. We get another choice news break. Uh, stage three ozone alert. Limit some exposure for two days. <laughs> yep. See, okay, so that's another thing, contextually speaking. <laughs> that was a serious concern in the 70s and 80s. Mm. There was a hole in the ozone layer. Huh. And it, it was fucking shit up because of yeah. CFCs. Yeah. It was in all of your goddamn hairnet fucking spray shit, aquanet shit. Every fucking hairspray, every deodorant had this this chemical in it. And what it did was it would travel into the upper atmosphere and it would just clear open this fucking ozone hole and then all this extra radiation would come in. Mm-hmm. And they would just paint the planet. And eventually they did something about it. Did that even happen? Am I... Oh, yeah, uh, no, they did. It's no, they did, and it went away. We stopped oh. using it, and it, it went away. Oh, weird, shocker! Weird. That's weird a weird. That happens. That's a weird apocalypse scenario. We never talk about anymore. Yeah, that almost weird. happened. Yeah, yeah nobody was... cares about fixing problems, even if they're fixed. I mean, now we ninety. I mean, this dude was on point. <laughs> I mean, at least um, they were nice enough to like fucking give like you know heads up like yeah like we don't even get that in New York and that fucking flood like kill people in their apartments. Uh, so so. Dude. At this point, we find out that um, that uh, Casey uh, must live nearby because the stakeout van for the cops that's parked in front of her apartment is also like right here by the market. Mm-hmm. And Casey like runs up to him, does like a little flirty thing, and takes him back into like an alley and like mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I'm a cop. <laughs> like, gee, your sheriff <laughs> costume did not alert me at all." Wet smacking mouth sounds <laughs> oh. again. Yeah, and then the way she reveals it is she just pulls this badge out and stuffs it in his face, yeah. arms length, and I'm. He's like, that's not real. For everyone to see. Yep. Uh, I took no notes. Why do I remember all this? <laughs> because, dude, it's it, it, at this point, you might as well be still on acid, which I, you know, I, I, know you, I know you have the residuals of, but. Yeah, I think I like the movie. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they're talking some more. And then Gary Lee drives up in this ridiculous, like, it is, 1930s Porsche. It's, it's a Hitler's mobile. It's literally Hitler's, like, Volkswagen, okay. Volkswagen bug. Like, oh, it's not a bug, but, like, the point it is... Porsche. It, no, it might as well. It is a Porsche. I'm just saying, it's <laughs> like, this is... Maybe they couldn't ha- get a Volkswagen bug on on hand, but... Hitler mobile. It is the Hitler mobile, yes. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah. Ridiculous. Just a ridiculous car. Like, a, first so of all, ridiculous. if I was a gang leader, it's I would like, not drive a car. Like powder blue or something? Too? Yes. Yeah. First That's... of all, as a gang leader, I would not drive a car. Second of all, I would not drive in an open-topped car. It just seems really... But again, he wants to drive the Nazi sled, so let him. Yeah. And yep. this is how you know he's like a, he's a spoiled rich boy. Yes. It's like a two-door, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, Jesus Christ. And uh, so Gary Lee rolls up on him, and so they start kissing to pretend like they weren't just talking about the sting operation. And uh, this is where uh, Casey's like, oh, you haven't kissed many girls, have you? And it's probably my favorite line of Kane's. He's like, you're my first cop. <laughs> God, but it doesn't. He deliver it kind of like smarmily. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man. She's like teasing him, like you haven't kissed many girls, have you? He's like, you're my first cop. Okay. Well, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. He we just to. got back from the big dance. I mean, the last time I kissed a girl, I took her pants off. He <laughs> just handed them to her and walked away. I don't yeah. Because I've been my first time. Cryptic. Yeah. Even in the context of the character, it's not the first time. Okay, um, so he, he uh, hops. They're... He hops over to the the car with Jerry, G- Gary Lee, and Gary Gary Lee's like, uh, "You kind of need to be patrolling when you're patrolling and not making out with people." Right. And, he's, he, and he's like, 
says it. This is where, like, again, he has the Hitler sexism as well, where he's like, mm. have you had her yet? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like it was a nacho cheese dip. Well, then he says something worse. He's like, we got to make you some money. Yeah. Oh, then we got to make you some money because, you know, first the money, then the women, and, then the yeah. power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, first yeah. the power. And then the money. I, I get a big sum. There's a gay. Introduce him to a little friend. Get him some cocaine. Would I even call this movie like ahead of its time to like portray like, you know, fucking Nazis as like incels as well? Mm-hmm. Because all these. All, I mean, I guess not because historically we already knew all this. But if you like actually look into like what Hitler was really like and like it, all this shit just happens. It was real. It happened. It just, I mean, it's the same. It's the same type of guy forever and ever until the sun dies. Without yeah. showing throwing shade, it's obvious that Bullwinkle is in love with Gary Lee. Mm. But he can't express huh. it. Mm, no way. No, there's, there's, yeah, and that, he yeah, was that. the favorite until fucking Griff showed up. And later he says it to him. He says, "You, you're his favorite." <laughs> God, it's I didn't so even breaking my brain right now. I didn't even <laughs> fucking think of it like that because his acting sucks. I'm sorry. Like Bullwinkle's yeah, acting fucking awful. You know, I appreciated Bullwinkle in this movie the way and God just help me for saying this, the way I appreciated Jared Leto in House of Gucci. <laughs> it was like <laughs> You know what? That's a that's a good like not compliment. So that yeah, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just I was like yeah, you go, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so um, Gary Lee rolls up with a Porsche, and Griff hops in the Porsche with him, and Griff has even more hair gel than in the last scene. So sometime it's, between kissing her and getting in the car, it's they windy. It more barely gel. moves. It barely moves. And it's just sticking out yep. more and more every scene. It's incredible. Uh, I so wish I secreted hair gel. I'd love it if it looked like a Slim Jim at the end of the movie. <laughs> They're uh, they're driving for a little bit, and uh, Gary's giving more exposition about how they have like a power plant venture and all this stuff. And <laughs> then he goes in and starts talking again about you know it's really important to me this thing loyalty, you know, Griff. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And he does this. Griff does his like huh, like res- non response. Right. And he does this thing that he keeps <laughs> doing. It's his tell throughout the whole movie. He does this thing where like he scrunches up his nose and yeah. he and he and he squints his eyes. Yeah. And he just kind of like nods and like that's the I'm lying to you nod. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's not pretty good much. at it, even acting. <laughs> yeah, no, it that it was like fault of the actor too, but also like I guess a character choice as well. It's like he's kind of bad at this. Mm-hmm. He's kind of bad being an undercover. Yeah, he's never been good at it. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's um, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so they're driving. They get to the the navy yard where they've got uh, like a bunch of warehouses, and this is where the the kitchen is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kitchen. The kitchen. And- I love the kitchen. The kitchen is like a fucking, uh, it's like a giant silver chrome trailer. It's, it's like my airstream. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my third or fourth favorite RV in cinema. <laughs> or mobile home. Yeah. It's What's pretty first? good. Stripes. You kidding yeah, me? Gotta be <laughs> easy. It, yeah. No, the kitchen is incredible. So, okay. Get this. All well, right. For, first, you... before, before we get just oh, go to ahead, that, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Griff drops that line where he's like, Oh, I could still beat you blading though. And they have this like ten year old foot race through the yard while all the rest of the roller boys are sitting around with like rifles just like, watching. I do, them. Like, I do like the actor because as soon as he said that he he does look like a fucking sociopath because he gets so hurt. He breaks the car and if, and that he has to fucking drops. slam the brakes on mm-hmm. and go for a fucking yeah ten, a kid's foot race on rollerblades with him <sighs> because that's what the movie's about. 
Mm. That's exactly yeah. Exactly. And we haven't seen this in minutes. <laughs> oh, we're roller. Okay, I know we might. We probably we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Were rollerblades ever that cool? No, because that's well, before my time. Here's it. It's weird. They did get big, but not like. Let's all make I a remember movie about it. Big. They got like, like, they never around. Okay, because all well, I remember about them, I get sure, it. of course, they're cheap. They're you know, they're ice skates <laughs> on, yeah. for concrete, really, to form yeah. of mobility. You know, but like the only time I remember is I was a child and I went to a friend's birthday party at a roller ring because well, those used to exist, mm-hmm. and you, that was it. That's my only experience with rollerblades. Do you know? I, do you know how razor scooters were never really cool? Right. Same thing. <laughs> I had one of those. Well, yeah, I will. I will that say that was really fucking cool. Fucking they're fun. Just, we yeah, uh, they're not cool. I, years ago, we we were back in Youngstown, and we went to I want to believe it was like the Skate Connection, and we uh-huh. saw a flat track um, roller derby from like our the local city, or like our city women's team versus some other city. It was fucking awesome, and yeah, no one used blades. They used the fucking floor, old school floor. Yeah, yeah they used yeah. the old school ones, which are it was. Books fucking rad roller far more like needs to be a thing oh absolutely big <laughs> i would love to have like a roller um a um roller derby. support your local roller derby team. yeah i would love it's to talk about that more actually time. i think it's fascinating yeah uh yeah for real there's a, actually yeah. a pretty strong roller derby scene in dc oh fuck all right well i gotta check it out here i guess just I think the team is called uh scare force one Jesus oh, <laughs> i'm in i'm in it's over done I'm getting a t-shirt. It's like, do That's you want to see dope. like the most violent version of hockey, except <laughs> it's all women and they will, and they're, f- and they could take your hockey team. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it, dope. It's really fun. <laughs> <clears throat> it's it's anyway. kind of, there's like a narrative to it that isn't as like prescribed and predictable as like say wrestling. Cause it's not that it's, there are rivalries that are set up. Like it's really fucking cool. Like the, if the yeah. announcer's any good. Because mm-hmm. that's all it is. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just these are the rules. This is what we're doing, and then you exactly. You know, I still don't know how to score it. It's like cricket. I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck you're doing. I have no idea what you're doing. But anyhow, so, so they roller, uh, so, so they yeah. roller blade, and you know, I guess they're pretty much evenly matched. I would yeah. say mm. they have a blade race again, like a couple of ten year olds. No one is the clear winner, but they have a good laugh about it. And then we go learn all about the kitchen operation. So different drugs. Uh, they get into this lab where it's like a like a palm print lock to get in. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I got to talk about this. Okay, this is like God forbid, like Billy Joel or whatever the fuck his name is, to eats a bullet <laughs> because then you're just not leaving this that box, right? Because yeah. it's it he he says he's it's the like, only one in or out. Yeah, it's his handprint that opens it, and it's his handprint who closes it. He shows up at the beginning and end of every shift. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That would mean, imply that he shows up at the beginning and end. He, he and, like when does he sleep? Um, he, apparently, he, he never sleeps. Well, like a real Nazi, he's just cranked on meth. Probably. Gotta be. Gotta uh, be. So like, fucking Bullwinkle hops out like an ass. In like, what does he say? Like, he fucking comes out of it like a ghoul, and he's like, oh yeah, and like he's just a dick. Uh, he does the well, first of all, they're they're having a little talk in front of the door. As it's supposedly sealed, and yeah. somehow Griff, uh, sorry, um, somehow Bullwinkle inside of the trailer hears their conversation and comes out to give like a quip at the end i was like yeah he's going on about how like it's impervious and you can't get in and then he says bullet comes and says, yeah unless some asshole drives a van into it and it's just <laughs> like however it's not soundproof so it's really not that secure no. right, yeah, so right. uh, you know like that time you saved my life you fucking asshole <laughs> have we have we uh 
oh god i can't remember have we encountered what like milty's up to not not yet not quite come up yet? I mean, no, okay. it comes a little bit we, you know, we found he was a corner boy and he really likes kicking corpses we know that but i mean yes. like no nothing else with level. him yet oh okay. it's coming cool, 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 cool. yeah cool. y'all don't want to give it away and this uh, is the moment where you like you kind of like bongo again because yeah, bango comes bongo, in bango turns out is the cook mm-hmm. and does like a just a like a exposition there's a lot of exposition in this scene and it's kind of weird because like i guess i wondered i was thinking so they sit griff down in a wheelchair and like let's show you around which first of all if i'm a narc in a gang don't sit me down in a wheelchair that's not mm-hmm. comfortable for me i don't like where this is going yeah. uh, fucking terrifying but uh, what i think it is that the, the trailer was so narrow they couldn't fit three of them abreast for this scene mm-hmm. so they had one of them in front and they're giving the exposition and this is um mm. this is where we find out that uh, gary lee is actually a missed franchisee he, he mm-hmm. bought the franchise from the Chinese. The Chinese developed Heaven's Mist as a pacifying drug for their population. and um, Which is insane. Mm-hmm. It kind of like, I don't know if it was just racist or just like insane <clears throat> to think that the Chinese government would do this. Well, the idea of pacifying a populace, why oh, not no, that's, this drug? Yeah, it's very you know, dystopian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Soma. <clears throat> and it's uh, we've, it further reveals that this system has like a like a kill switch with acid that comes through to wipe everything. So, you know, if the cops did come, it would all be washed away and like, you know, have no actual evidence. Because the only crime is the substance itself, not the equipment to make it. Yeah, clearly. Exactly. Everything mm-hmm. else. What, what did you say? Everything else is for our <laughs> lawyers to take care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our lawyers take care of everything else. It's like, uh, uh, OK. Mm. Uh. <laughs> when do you stop being a street game? Right. And then again, you know, Corey Haim yeah. says so little in this film and like at all. And he's just doing the eye, eye slit, nose scrunch. Like I'm flabbergasted oh. at this face. Yeah. He is. If I'm sure he's, he's just not skilled enough as an actor at this point of his career to be this able point. to act with his face. Well, yeah, I mean, he was like a child way. actor. He, this is like a break. It's supposed to be like a kind of like a breakout for him to show that he could still act as an adult. And, and mm-hmm. he's not bad at it. It's just like. <laughs> Give him, give, give our boy some lines, I guess. Was the Lost Boys before this? I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. Yeah. Lost Boys was before this. And yes. interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, he has kind of the same costume at the first scene in Lost Boys where he's wearing mm-hmm. his trench coat in the comic shop. Yeah, yeah. And Corey, Corey Feldman's like, not bad for a fashion victim. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then at the end of the scene, they're like, hey, uh, since you're like one of us now, have a handful of money. And they give him like this handful of money and he's like yeah. holding it with both hands. Like it's this precious. And then like Gary Lee does this asshole thing where he's like, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like Every time this guy. And yep. again, uh, Griff says nothing. Just clutches the money to his breast. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, at this point it's like, I think any of any one of us, at least me, where if somebody just handed me a fistful of cash out of a bag, you know, I'd start rubbing it on my body. Uh, uh, That's uh, basically what he might as well have been doing because this is probably like the most money he's ever seen in person. I would just start eating it in front of him. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 a flex. It's a flex to establish dominance. You just yeah. start eating the money. <laughs> like, you think this is why I'm here? <clears throat> uh, so in the next scene, we see Griff has spent some of that hard-earned money and he's bought like a sweet Overlander RV. Like yeah. it's, it's like a top of the line. I, I don't know if it was a Rolls Royce or what, but it's really, really good cool. looking RV. And he's like, this is my home now. Fuck you, tent in the backyard. And I love at the time this movie came out, the idea that that's supposed to be like post-apocalyptic, like awesome. Yeah. No, 
Because today, none of us could afford houses. That it's literally the, the Chevy van. Lumina. It's the Chevy Lumina minivan of movable ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, again, it literally, it's like my fifth favorite motorhome. This movie, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Like, there are so many people who just want to, like, live in an RV now because we can maybe afford Number it. Number three is yeah. Randy Quaid's. Prefigures. Christmas Vacation. I got it. <laughs> we just got to do this. This prefigures van life. Like, totally. Yeah. No, totally. Oh, predicted the it. The van life movement. Yeah. So he That's he right. goes in, and this is what you were talking about, Coinopsa, the kid. Right. This is when we, he goes in, he's got like fucking, what, rock music, I don't know, playing. And yeah, some kind of synth rock, and Milty's just like, missed it out, like Fast Times at Richmond High. He his literally, makeup is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. He yes. looks like a junkie. It's yeah. fucked up. This fuck, yeah, no, it's, it's not okay. It's a fucked up moment. Like, you this fucking see 12 this, and it's like, <gasps> yeah. it ain't cool. It ain't like even funny it's like oh because no, even griff's is that, plausible wasn't griff's sad. line is like what are you wasted like are you wasted yeah. like, or, like are you drunk or something like that something like, something like, like yeah. oh i can't sell something i don't believe i can't sell a product i don't believe in <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's like all fucked up and still has lines and bars for him mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucked up it's fucked up to see it's fucked up with the makeup where he's all pale and his eyes are kind of dark like yeah. it's really this is when up. i really like that like that that kid actor, like he pulled it yeah. off, like because he's twelve. I don't think he's ever been like drunk, but mm. like he did a good job of like someone who's like it's good enough toasted. that it makes me think someone showed him footage or took him like sure. three blocks away and pointed at someone <laughs> next to a dumpster and said, "Do that." Yeah, that's a lie. It's it's great. No, like if he yeah. had pulled this off, this movie wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. And, uh, and ju- just before this, there's a scene where um, Griff tries to give Speedbagger like a present. He's like, hey, I got you this for you. And look at my new home. And Speedbagger mm-hmm. like hands the present back. He's like, I think you better park this somewhere else. He's just like, mm-hmm. I'm not yep. having anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry. As, was his, as is his right. Because yeah. f- fuck Nazis. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so Griff is sad. So, um, so he goes yeah. for a, a, a pep talk. You know, he's, he's sniffing around uh, Casey's oh, apartment. God. Mm-hmm. He goes up to Casey's apartment and like at first you think it's like, oh, and they're going to like hook up and like it just cuts to the scene. Well, I, just, I think it's it's a cop <laughs> in the van. All, and like, yeah. Let's tune into the sex channel. And like the cops are in this Two van. It says fucking weirdos. Man. It says bug like, butcher. It's like a bug butcher van. So bug they're butcher. That's what yeah. it is. And yeah. at first I thought it was like, is this like my, you know, dystopia triggers going off? Like, is it like a food truck? Oh no, they're exterminators. OK, it's more traditional. Than and, then it, and then it turns out, no, they're just like monitoring mm-hmm. like. And it's not clear if they have video or just audio. I think just audio because these two, like, this is, again, like, it's uncomfortable enough because, like, you know, 16-year-old's sex scene, all it says in my notes is finger looking good because this, Uh, yeah, no, it's uncomfortable. It's So they're like, the the cops, ASMR, ASMR, (laughs) ASMR. (laughs) The cops, the lip thing was bad. Oh, the cops uh, are like, uh, they're like, okay, let's tune into the sex channel, <laughs> and like, it cuts to the scene. And it's like this typical, like, <laughs> and then my dad, <laughs> he was, he was a drinker too, <laughs> and it's like he's just spilling his guts to this girl on the couch. Mm. And it's, it's, it's a really funny juxtaposition, but and she's wearing like they're betting money. Yeah, they're betting money of whether he's going to get laid, which was, and gross it's not. Fuck. It's here's the thing. All we've been hearing up to this point in the movie is how the economy is broken and how not to take dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really confusing to me when the one dude puts down 150 and 350s in a fucking like on the bet that he's going to get laid. And then the other guy puts 150 to match him and then they double it over the course of the scene. And I'm like, so this is like five cents. 
just yeah, toilet paper for that day, you know. At first, I was thinking like, "Wow, these cups seem to have a lot of money," but then I realized like, "Oh, it's probably like worth nothing. They're probably like yeah, yeah. nickel mm-hmm. bits." But then you Never. realize later that they're just like thieves too because they're pieces yeah. of shit. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if they were even meant to be there because that means they're just weird fucking creepers listening into teens having sex. Well, no, she works with them. It's on the snake. Yeah, yeah, she does on work the with snake them. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, so, yeah, he's like dumping it. And this this part is a little, you know, poignant yeah. where he's like, my dad was an alcoholic and I never drank. But like now I see that Milty's on like, you know, the sauce and mm-hmm. and she's like, suck it up, buttercup. Get the lab. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Doesn't give uh, a fuck. And yeah. so like she chastises him a bit and then like she pulls a thing where she's like, they're, they're like they kiss and she's all like, oh, I want to make you feel good. And the cops in the van are like, yeah, it's going to happen. And then like she does a really great thing where she totally gets him back. She just she pulls his drawers off and she throws them in his face. And she's just like, you think I like acting like this? <laughs> yeah. I'm undercover, dickhead. Like don't after like more hassle after like licking his fingers. Oh, they, they get into it. Yeah, she goes. It, yeah. Well, like after Ugh. everything up to this moment, it was like, oh, good. At least she gets that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Dick, I'm not that fucking I don't like you. I could have lived with like, what do you, do you do you think the stripper wants to go home with you? Do you think yeah, the waitress no. wants to get your number? What the I fuck, did like man? that part. I could have done without the finger looking because that and was just interesting. This scene is well, the, part- the thing. It proves something. She is way better at sensuality than he will ever be. You know what I mean? Like, oh. you know, it just yeah. hands down. Uh, this is also the scene where, like, the the creepy small cop. I was like, "Who is this actor?" Like, he's just mm. like he's like kind of like nodding off in the van, and the other guy's like, "Hey, wake up!" And he says like something weird as shit. He's like, "Oh, I was just um, going over all of my options or something like that." Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like they're, I don't know if they're supposed to be funny because they're not. No, they're they're not uh, funny at any just, point. They're not fun at all. Their acting is kind of bleh, and like their lines suck. So yeah. I don't really know what they're supposed to be in this. Mm-hmm. I guess you couldn't put the you know Jaworski, Rowski, Rowski anywhere. Like you, you couldn't have him just be ubiquitous. You had to have like toadies working for him in order to make this like. I guess sure, but that needed to punch up. Yes, they're not fun. Uh, he doesn't old. get lucky our hero d- goes home you know uh disappointed and there's a, like a brief scene where he gives milty some breakfast milty mouths off at him a little more and then uh we get to like um uh it's like one of the big fight scenes where the, the roller boys are on the attack uh so we roll oh. we, we come we, we pan into like a it's it's nighttime there's a b13er <sighs> party they're like there's some music yep. you know they're drinking they're having a good time and like it's this really like creepy scene where it's uh, just this empty street with the streetlights coming down. You see there's like the de- the Delta wing formation of the roller boys coming down the street. And the B-13's got some pretty shitty lookouts because they just like they, they get right up on top of them. And I guess they they must have set up some ramps over their barricades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, sure. They Otherwise, ramp- these guys are getting a vertical with an extra like 10 pounds on each foot or something like they, yeah. they ramp up into the uh, <sighs> uh, uh, over the barrier into like the midst of this party. And it just I mean, I get like mobility commandos, there's ski commandos, but this just seems like I don't I don't know that I would want to be machine gunning people from a set of rollerblades. It just no. seems like a not an no. advantage. No. And it's a bloodbath. Like this is the point where it's kind of like, okay, so the B13s are just meant to be the opposites. This of... is where the lady gets the uppercut. That's yeah. just like yeah. they do that. Okay. So they're doing that shitty slow-mo a lot here to pad kind of like this out. Yeah. Uh and... they do a lot I've meant to mention this earlier. They do a lot of <laughs> shitty slow-mo to make rollerblading seem more interesting throughout the yeah. whole movie. It's but yes. it's bad. not 
shot in high speed and then brought back to normal speed and then slowed down a bit. It is literally just the same speed that they were filming it, but then they like yeah yeah they like dropped a frame or dropped like a couple frames here and there just to slow it down and it's and again like b13s (laughs) who are like a more interesting like gang than like the roller boys it's like they don't really have a lot of agency they're just meant to be the opposites of these fucking white assholes they fight back they do oh absolutely you actually see a roller boy missing part of a leg yeah he definitely got shotgunned off he got yes so it's it, but we don't again we don't really see anything through the B13ers uh, no. point of view besides yeah. the fact that they are like unlike the roller boys the B13ers are an actual gang like they are there's there's no money in this there's yeah, not a lot of money going on this. they're not uh, they're not the douche death squad in the moonlight like the the roller right. Yugend are exactly you're meant you are I mean the movie does get right you are meant to feel bad for them at this point because like they're it's just a machine gun people there it's bad yes. yeah yeah it's real bad uh, and, still it still feels racist. Just so, how the, yeah. the, they're treated at all. Yes. Griff like, is in, in this scene. And I will say also, you know, um, Gary Lee leads from the front. You know, he's, yeah. he's up there in it with everybody else shooting people. And he does this kind of like they show a, a dirty trick of his in this one where he's like, he's down on a knee and he's reloading. And one of the B-13ers like kind of gets up on top of him and he he pulls a knife from his ankle and he like stabs the guy in the balls a couple like, times. Like fucking, yo, yeah. yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. So, mm. Vicious. Vicious. He's like a, whoa, hey, oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, and that, that comes in, in in handy later, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's the Chekhov's big machine gun massacre, and we see that the Griff <laughs> is uh, is letting like some some younger members escape. There's like a fence towards the back. He's like, "Come on, get out of here, get out of here!" And um, mm-hmm. and Bullwinkle catches him doing this. He's like, "I knew you were bullshit." Yeah, and fucking Corey Haim has like the gun barrel on his chest. No trigger discipline in this movie whatsoever. Yeah, like I this mean, movie, like, their their story could have ended right here very easily with a shove. A, yes, a good uh, a good case of a fr- for fragging right there. Oh god! But then you know, of... Bongo saves the day. He's like, "Come <laughs> on, you guys, stop like, it, man! Get back to yeah. the fight. We got some people yeah, to massacre." Yeah, I was going to say because Bongo's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> he's like a psychopath, but having a great time. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's why he's a psychopath. It's so um, wild. He's a wild character. Yeah. But going back to what you said before, yeah, it kind of feels a little racist how the B thirteen ears are just treated in general. They're like, a prop. They are a prop, and I did not. They they either kill that. and then they get killed, and then that's pretty much what they're there for. They're also like yeah. the bad gang you hear about in the news and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, it's, like I thought they were they could have been really interesting, but they're given like no agency. Yeah, B thirteen is a district where people do parkour. Cool. Actually, it's, it's funny you mention that because I thought <laughs> if they were going to remake this movie. And they remade it with parkour and tech ninjas. It would definitely sell, put butts in seats. It Somebody do it was, that. It was made in France. There's there two you of go. Them. There's a nuke involved. It's great. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, I guess we're gonna watch that now. So, so that's the that's the uh, the big attack scene. Um, <clears throat> they get out of there and they cut to a scene where it's again, um, it's Casey and Griff on the pier. And Casey's again like, yo, what up with that lab, buddy? Come on. Like, <laughs> and this is the scene where we find that um, that Casey's brother was a roller boy and that he died and that his only wish was that he be buried in his coat. Yeah, like he was like some sort of fanatic. Really and that's why Casey's doing this. And that's why she's a cop now. And Yeah. And why I she got a, I got a couple of shirts. You better bury me and I don't need a suit or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I did appreciate that, though, because the idea that, like he is brainwashed, he that he's treated in the story like a victim because mm-hmm. that's what this does to you you know like mm-hmm. he was just totally in it yeah 
you know? No. No? Yeah. I've never been recruited to that degree. I had a, I had a boy, a guy who was a regular that came in when I bartended in, at, the, at, the, in, at this hotel, and he was just like, yeah, I can get you to the Masons. It was just like that, too. It was just like, yeah, no, we just have meetings and really literally just sit there and smoke cigars and drink <clears throat> whiskey. Like, we don't, we don't yeah. do shit. Mm-hmm. Then we do a fundraiser every now and again. That's all. Anticlimactic. Well, that's I was the like, Mason. you guys don't do Illuminati shit? And they're like, no. No rollerblades? Like, time for that. Well, yeah, okay, no fine. Okay, fine. That's the Masons. This is like I'm not saying the Masons. I'm saying the Masons specifically in Mahoney County. Okay. Well, that's that. This is like know, weird, proud boy, like corporate army. Right. <laughs> you know. Recruiting and brainwashing. Yes, uh, exactly. So yeah, in, in the next scene, uh, we cut back to the, the, the lab in the warehouse and Milty is caught uh, pissing cloudy. Um, mm-hmm. Can't get high on your own supply. Yep. So he's like, you know, protesting and saying, oh, the, the, the test is rigged. And uh, they this probably means... swapped it out with somebody else's piss. <laughs> this is sure. a little weird because he's got like... excuses. He's got too many excuses for a 12 year old. Yeah, no, he's, he's good at it. Is it like, is there like an implication that they would have like, if he was anybody else's little brother, they would have just killed him? Also, that's a uh, weird thing. Eh, I don't know. That they, I mean, that, that would cause a lot of questions, but they probably would have, you know, done something bad. I, I yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's Bullwinkle, this frog marching him out and like they get out to kind of where the trailer is and Griff's like, hey, get your hands off him. I'll take care of this. And then Gary Lynn comes in and is like, no, 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 I'll take care of it. Slap. And just What did yeah. the five fingers say to the face? I mean, it's just like a straight full on wind up slap. It's great. I expected Griff to like Crazy. pull his gun out. That, well, Griff, Griff's like... gun is out. This whole scene, Griff oh, has it? a gun oh, in okay. his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't point it at Bullwinkle. He doesn't point it. At... Anyway, I, I would have thought. Wasted. Yeah, was, that was like a he moment. He was like, yeah, reacted cool differently, it. but he didn't react that, like at all. Basically, wasted know, moment. They, they 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 don't set it up, but they act as though like Griff is afraid of Gary Lee. Maybe they should have set up the head like a bully relationship when they were kids or something. But yeah. like, there's a lot of times mm-hmm. like he seems like he could have done something or, but didn't. That was beyond I him mean, just being a narc. He's well, under that, yeah, he's a narc, and also like Gary Lee's kind of sk- is like props to the actor. Like Gary Lee is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, well, and then, you know, he him and Milty hugging is weird. Yeah. Like, but I think it's a slap and they embrace and it's just like, uh, see. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's just that's 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 that cult shit. Yeah, it's, exactly. exactly. You know, that forget your parents, uh, yeah. you know, we're yep. your family now. Exactly. It's exactly that. I will hurt you and I will heal you. They could have yep. yeah. really mm-hmm. done more with that. And the other thing about this scene yeah. is it's all just a one still camera capturing yeah. this whole. They don't really. They could have got if they got some wide angle with like their faces a little bit closer, it would have been had I think a little more powerful. But yeah, ooh, that would have been weird. Oh, that would have been creepy. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like milky with tears running down his cheeks. Yeah, like, that would have been, been weird. I don't. They. I don't think they had that kind of budget. I yeah. think they had four takes, and in three takes, Corey Haim had a great reaction. <laughs> and in this one, where the slap actually looked realistic, and it didn't look realistic in the other three, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like, oh, it. good slap! No, ah, we got to go with this. All right, I need you to take, slap. Didn't surprise me. I need you to slap this twelve-year-old, and I'm like, uh, he was distracted by something beyond, <laughs> like looking past it. Like, oh shit! Oh, fuck! I'm here. You know, like, uh, um, uh, so next scene here, we have uh, we're back at the bike shop, and uh, uh Griffin Speedbagger have like a heart to heart. He's saying like, you know, so like, oh, you. didn't you don't know what's going on. It's not what it looks like. Yada, yada. And again, Speedwriter has like a really good, um, like prophetic kind of line about what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and say it cause I'll totally screw it up. But, it's, uh, and then it's like a hard cut to what you 
find out is Bullwinkle has followed him here, and he's like, you know, seeing that that Speedbagger is somebody he's still talking to. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just weird because it's like a, a a wide shot of just Bullwinkle's face, and he just like lifts this apple up and starts eating it <laughs> like a fucking maniac. Bullwinkle, ha- Bullwinkle has no life. <laughs> villain. Yeah. Anytime a, a character like eats an apple in a movie, they're probably a villain. Yeah. Or yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt. And at first it just seemed like really weird, like out of nowhere. But going back and watching it, there's a real like quick cut where he's he's buying an apple from a fruit stand. That's why he's pretending like he's not conspicuous. At this point point in the movie, did you think he was a villain? (laughs) Crouch. And then he has like this little piece he like licks into his mouth. It's like doesn't Bullwinkle have like a job? Like, doesn't he do things? Like, he had one chance. They only had one apple on set. This man. Well, I'm glad they got the shot. He jumped the fuck out of it, dog. <laughs> Took the perfect uh, bite. He absolutely did. So we we cut back to the mobile home and like again like a real vaporwave scene where it's like palm trees behind it and the sunset and there's a guy standing with a machine gun out front, and it's like an HR talk basically between uh, you know uh, Gary Lee and and Griff and and mm-hmm. Gary Lee's basically like, hey, um, are are you hating enough? And and you know and Gary Lee's <laughs> like, yes, yeah, yeah, hating lots. Or they say, I will, could, could, could you hate more? And, yeah. and Griff, it's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, what's <laughs> he that look like? He like shrugs and like squinches his nose up. It's like, hey, easy. His not answer. Yeah. And then like, you know, to prove that we cut to the next scene where it's like all the roller boys and they're running around in a circle and there's a guy standing oh, in the middle of the circle God. with yeah. a bag Ugh. over his head. And they're like, just doing a circle beat down and like. This fucking scene shouting and yelling scene. and it's it's shot really well because it makes you really feel like the chaos of it and like you're kind of there and you're and you're in it and like of it course you together know pretty quick yes spo- spoiler alert it's it's speed bagger under the the hood and they force him to beat him up and it's like a really and griff was into it like he was mm-hmm. before he realized it was speed bagger like yeah I, like i can't even say that was like griff going undercover now like look like he was getting into beating up this random person and mm-hmm. he says later too he's like you know i kicked him just like everybody else which you yep. know leads you to wonder did he like empty a magazine or two into the b13ers just for mm-hmm. fun uh i guess i don't know but anyways like... uh it's pretty poignant scene you know yeah it's and good it, it's a good scene you know, had me thinking between the the soup kitchen and the drug labs like where do they even find the time to terrorize minorities like this yeah. I think it's just a very busy itinerary. <laughs> and then like, and then Milty comes out and he's like, why would they do this? I'm like, Milty, have you been like, so missed it out that you're not taking yes. notes? <laughs> yes. He's 12 and also high. So yes, you got me into this. Yeah. Actually, actually oh my God. Yeah. It is kind of, his fault, <laughs> this was there? your idea. Dick. Yeah. Um, so they take, you know, uh, Speedbagger to the hospital and there's a scene there and Milty's like, Hey, where are we going to go now? Like they're going to find us. Cause it's not immediately clear, but, you know, uh, the roller boys all like rolled off and left him there to deal with like Speedbagger. So I guess he's kind of not in the gang. Gary anymore. says something yeah. like, uh, yeah, he tells he tells so, so I like, to back off. He's like, I, I like a man who stands up for his friends. You just can't yeah. have friends like that. And then everybody right. leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's implied that like he's been gent- I guess now, you could call the... this gently getting kicked out because, you know, they didn't kill him immediately. Well, yeah, this is the like re- least realistic thing about like Nazis. Yeah. Like, they would have just fucking put one in him right there and yep. done with it. Absolutely. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> Silence. Damn it, Milty. Yeah. So uh um, you know, jump ahead again. We're at back at Casey's apartment. <laughs> Milty watched Star Wars and rooted for the Empire. <laughs> 
<laughs> you would be that kid, yeah, just not understanding why that's not okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that. Oh my god, that actually does that. That is the vibe. Yes, that would be the absolutely. argument. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, at Casey's house, another heart to heart about her brother and Griff's like, "All right, look, we're done with this shit. We're, we're just we're leaving. I'm bailing. Are you coming with us?" And she's like, "No, nah, I gotta finish this. They killed my brother. You know." Psst. Have I ever gave the gave the note that I want to leave? Uh, right. And then she's like, that "Oh, but before you go, nowhere. let's actually, you know, let's just let's do it." And they <laughs> presumably do it because you know mm-hmm. the next scene is like the morning out and stuff. But like, the, I guess they cut away. Thank from God, the, the they cops each other's panties on their heads. They cut away from yeah. the cops betting whether it was going to happen again. Uh, they just left that part out this time. But yeah, they uh, didn't, it's implied they didn't that have, they, like... you know, had a lovely night together, as teenagers do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the morning, and you hear that she's in the shower, and there's like a big knock at the door. She's like, hey, just, you know, go deal with my door. Mm-hmm. And he goes out, and he opens the door, and Bullwinkle's there, just like, comes up in the house. And this, this is like probably incel motherfucker. the most ridiculous yeah. part of the whole movie, I thought. Yeah, um, this is like straight, like, home invasion kind of shit. This because... is like, they, they had a problem in the script, and they're like, oh, fuck, we gotta, like, solve it here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, like... It, Anybody looks at the door and like sees. And anyways, Bullwinkle forces his way inside after the doors open, and he's like, "I don't like you." Like, I don't know exactly what he says, but he's whining again about how like he's yeah. no longer number one. What's up with you? Mm-hmm. And this is the stupidest part of the movie is where like the cop's badge is just like out on the table. Why? She just got the cops. She's got her badge yeah. like, out on the table. Mm-hmm. Bullwinkle sits down right next to it, and then again, yep. like he's not like really noticing it, but like Griff notices it, and he like you know spits some sass back at. Um, I forget what they say. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. But then, uh-huh. like, again, un- in an unlikely way, Bullwinkle stands up and puts his hand on the table right on the badge. Uh-huh. Of course. How else would he notice it? And then picks it up and he's like, just like his voice jumps six octaves. He's like, God, big traitor. I-, I knew it. And like, he's just like, get down oh, on your knees. And like, he yeah. pulls out. He's this whole time he's been using this like massive magnum, like yeah. a six inch barrel. And he's like, just like shaking, pointing it at them. He's so like frothy at the mouth for this. Yeah. I mean, like, I wanted this so bad. I'm going to make a whole bunch of exposition about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the actor was like appropriately like, you know, unhinged. What's well, like <sighs> the moment an unhinged person gets the thing that they actually have been wanting the entire time. Yeah. Now we like, has, they're like, any... melting down a little bit. Like I need to save her every second. Let me talk this about this. Shit. Yeah. And I love what happens next. Like, this is a dumb scene with a great ending. Yeah. It's, like, so fucking funny. It's such a bad uh, death. It's such a bad death scene. Oh, so, man. Bullwinkle's got the two of them down on their knees, and the the, the the dirty cops from the van, one of them uh, comes in the front door, and there's, The like, short a, white guy comes in. No, yeah. no, the black guy comes in the front yeah. door. Yeah, and there's a little bit of yeah, a struggle yeah. where there's, like, a swap. It's, like, this whole thing, I, I'll mention again, it's written like a stage play. Mm, the entire movie is written like a stage play and if it was mm-hmm. a stage play it would actually be really uh, pretty easy to adapt uh, it's called Starlight Express <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyhow the whole thing's kind of because it's like this weird change where it ends up that uh, Bullwinkle has Casey as a hostage and mm-hmm. Griff is free and he's on the one side with the cop and Bullwinkle's like I'll kill her and the, and the dirty cop's like do it I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah and this whole time you see that behind him is creeping up like the smaller cop, the really creepy actor. I don't know his name. Um, he does and this Bullwinkle... weird tippy toe kind of thing where he's like yeah. taking the big tiptoe steps, like real ding, long ding, steps, but kind ding, of like. Ding, 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 oh, yeah, you can hear music. it. You can hear it. It's so weird. Man. Like, <laughs> and, it's... Uh, 
Bullwinkle has this revelation uh, where he's going back and it's almost like you want to put like waves in front of the screen. Oh, totally. Uh, but he's like, he's saying like, Hey, I-, I know you, I recognize your face. And he says like, I saw you through. And then like, he gets popped in the back of the head by the other creepy cop. I mean, the, the, the you understand cop, the goblin the cop, cop moves like six feet, like two meters from like this, this door in the back of the apartment. Like yeah. he just manages to like make all this distance while this guy's yelling and put the gun literally to the back of his skull. He and might then, as well have. Yeah. I don't know. Like the squib must've been hidden under his hair or they hit him with like a paintball gun at the perfect moment i don't know how they fucking did this but he has he suddenly goes from not having blood on his forehead to having some blood on his forehead yeah it's kind of like oh well done all right good. like all of it yeah it was pretty effective she has blood on her she appropriately freaks the fuck out yeah, yeah. Uh, i assume she's now deaf mm. yeah and to be honest like that has to be the way you do if you just shoot him then you're gonna shoot through to your guy so you'd have to put it like right up to his noggin mm-hmm uh, yeah, but she like has a real freak out in this scene. Like she really didn't expect it. Uh, kudos to her for this scene. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, no. Yeah. Just crazy to think of Patricia <laughs> Arquette in this movie. It's yeah, I think that's the thing that's kind of fucking it, fucking us up a little yeah, bit. It's so it's so weird. And she's like, she's like didn't get the same billing with Corey. Uh, Corey Haim got the top billing. Before yeah, she's clearly the best screen. actor in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just clear. Like, she's not like what? at her top of her game, but like it's way better than some of the oh, other actors good. in this film. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, um, so in, in the aftermath of this, it's like the, all the cops are there and they're bagging up the body and per, 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 uh, was I going to say professor Sergeant Jodorowsky, <laughs> Sergeant yours. <Yorsky. laughs> I think it's just Jodorowsky. Sergeant of Polish descent <laughs> comes onto the scene. And uh, again, he's like scratching his head. And I just want to like, like, there's a shampoo for that buddy. Yeah. Um, and he's still calling Griff Ramrod and, um, and Griff, and you know, one like, more thing. <laughs> and Griff one at this more thing. Dump his like, body in the alley. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, they're like, much. just jump his body in the alley. So they think the B-13ers did it. He doesn't want and, to do the paperwork. Yeah. And this is the point where Griff is like, oh, um, he says something or other. And like, uh, the cop's like, yeah, well, he doesn't have any family. And Griff's like, I don't have any fucking family, dude. That's the like, right. <laughs> fucking dick. Yeah. Um, so he's like, fuck this. I'm out. And like, he's looking at case like you coming with it. She's like, nah, again, like, you know, I got this thing, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then they, uh, they cut, um, to back to the RV and Griff is like, Milty, you know, we're going to get the fuck out of here. And Milty's just like, high as fuck again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's not doing okay. No. <laughs> like he's fading. Mm-hmm. It, and again, good acting, good makeup. It, it, it it gives the sense there is a ticking time clock going on. Oh, Griff's yeah. trying to like take care of Milty. He's got him on his lap there. And uh, this is where uh, Gary and Bango and the rest of the gang find them. When uh, Gary comes in all pissed off that like uh, that Bullwinkle's dead. They found him in the Avenue. Why was he over there? And this is where you find out like he came up with, you know, through the camps. And he's like, he's really touched by this. He, he does a really good job of acting in this scene. Like this is a really, mm-hmm. you feel for him. Um, <laughs> He's like, yo, I've known that dude for a minute. And, and Corey he's like, <laughs> Corey <he's, laughs> wasn't that bad. Corey he just looks at him and it's like totally Gen X. I'm crushed. Mm-hmm. He's such a <laughs> sociopath. <laughs> it's it, yeah, he's it, his acting's not great, but God, he does get across. He's a fucking nut. And like you're thinking, <laughs> like Gary completely knows what's going on, but then like I yeah. guess Gary promotes Griff because he's yeah. like, oh, I um, guess. By the way, I need you to take a shift. Like, yeah, you're going to work the shift. <laughs> yeah, fuck Bullwinkle here. You can have his job. And it's like, 
this is supposed this is how you treat your close friends that's yeah. insane <laughs> yes it's he's a, fucking he's... insane he's not even a suspect no. anymore he's just like oh okay there's no way this would that would ever fly like you unless... really care about your brother yeah i do mm-hmm. i cared about my friend you get to work his shift yeah <laughs> like fuck. it can't just because you guys again these two we're were down just... guy. <laughs> yeah again these two were just neighbors yeah. it's not implied that they went through like you know i don't know the same hardships him and bullwinkle did growing up in like an internment camp or whatever there's got to be some weird like childhood bullying thing there that they they should have really played up like honestly some, something, something anything, like anything any any aspect yeah. of the relationship we were neighbors well, what did you do did you like <laughs> yeah. run the numbers for the bookies together did you race your bikes around until the rollerblades were invented did you we, yeah. steal your rollerblades off of dead men it is <laughs> like, both it is anything. both impressive but also kind of a detriment that there were no flashbacks in this movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of nice, but like with what we're talking about, it kind of would have helped. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we cut back to, to the, the lab, which is, is the next scene. I guess it's supposed to be the next morning where he's taking the shift. Oh, sorry. Just before that, there's a good detail where he. Um, so Griff's like, oh, great. I've got the lab access. Let me call the cops and tell him. And he calls the dirty cops and somehow trusts that they're so not yeah, yo, dirty. happening are going to tell everybody. And he's like, yeah, it's, uh, uh, tell him to be there at noon. You know, I got the shift tomorrow. We'll do it then. And the next we uh, see the next morning, he's waiting there. Griff is waiting there at the door to the lab. Um, Gary rides up in his ridiculous Porsche. Bang goes with him. And this is where we we find out that um, kind of a side note, Dunkin Donuts must have survived the franchise wars because Bang has got like a box of Dunkin in his hand. Who doesn't want Dunkin when they start their shift at the, you know, the drug kitchen? Absolutely. I mean, that was the most again, you like Bongo, you know, Bango. It's like, well, aren't you thoughtful? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. First day on the job, I'll bring donuts. Yeah, this is like a weird scene too because this is like where it's just like time with Bango. <laughs> I and know this is a weird. Scene. I wrote. In this my is notes, why we like Bango. Bango yes. is nuts. Yes, <laughs> that uh, cannot be emphasized enough that Bango is also like a fucking murderous psychopath. But he's total Nazi piece of shit. But he's so down so a lot of fucking people. Funny here. Yes, the actor is really good. He's got like, a good almost, machine gun face too. Like when he was firing the machine gun, got a good machine gun face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely He does. plays shithead, charismatic shithead really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, this is where Griff's like, uh, this is where uh, Gary says like, okay, so you're going to take the shift, but Bango's going to show you what to do. And then Griff's like, oh no, I, I, I've got I this. I figured out. <laughs> like, this, My first uh, day in a chemistry kitchen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First day in the drug you lab, remember, you know. Remember how Breaking Bad was? Yeah, he Did just you? like set up some beakers and it was See, good. My resume, I have this, it's all on there. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, um, go like, no, nah, this is what you do. You mix your grays with your blues, and you then you mix your blues with your whites. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, they um, so so he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, they lock him in there together, and like, Bango turns on like some groovy tunes, and he's like, hail to the chef. He's like doing this whole little show. Yeah, uh, like he enjoys his shift. He's also yes. got an ice chest full of beer in there. Yeah, he yeah. pops one open, and he's like, hey, um, Gary Lee doesn't like it when I drink on the job. Promise you won't tell. He's got this like puppy dog face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the cool, he's the cool, he's the cool. But then girl he, he like chugs it and then he like tosses it over his shoulder and it's all in one shot. It's just like that's his breakfast. Yep. Yeah, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, I forgot this is the opening shift. You know, like I'm like, yep, absolutely. So you're doing, doing the whole thing and like, how was he not yep. smelling on his breath later? You know, like what are you yeah. doing? Man? Like, and like they, they do a couple it's laid things. Back. <clears throat> 
uh, where uh, like they show that you know the acid vat is there. Uh, Bango melts his beer cans. That's how they they don't find any beer cans. Mm-hmm. And um, they're mixing up the drugs. There's the blue powder, the red powder, and then there's like a big brown bag that has a big skull and crossbones on it. Yeah. And Griff's just oh, kind of like, uh, "What? What's that?" And, <laughs> and this is where we get the, our reveal. Oh god, it's the final solution. Yeah. Bango's like, "Oh, that's the rope." And yep. Oh, and let's take a second and talk about how this machine looks like it was devised by a fourteen-year-old. It's a cake. It's a cake batter mixer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's like, like a, a process thing. Like yeah. it, it just the the vat the bubbling vat of acid is is to be flushed through in the event of a police raid to mm. eliminate mm-hmm. you know the the mist. And Banco's like throwing whatever in it. He he can throws a mouse that was yeah. caught in a trap and into the, mm-hmm. like trapping and the all trap. into yeah, it. Yeah, just, you can't. Well, what's really funny about open that a is vat of just, acid like that? It's in just a closed space. No. Well, it's it's just a it's just a bubble effect too because yeah. like yeah. when yeah. when I drop it down the the rat doesn't bubble the no. bubbles start early the they come up from the bottom <laughs> before the thing hits the bottom and I'm just like that ain't yeah. uh, they, they, tried. Right. they tried they tried it's yeah cute. yeah but like so, the like, whole machine itself is like 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 I don't know a quarter of the width of this thing and it runs like the enti- almost the entire length of this fucking mm-hmm. trailer yeah. And so it's you're just, just literally, uh, I'm fascinated by how it's like, oh yeah, put thing A into thing B into thing C, and then it here, mixes up, and then it, oh my god. And there's like, there's like a little conveyor belt with the tablets on them, and like you see some mist come up in the tablet, it's like, but if the mist is the tablet, is it going into, anyway, just mm-hmm. don't, think don't worry about it. Doesn't it doesn't make sense. It looks really cool though, there's a lot of neon. <clears throat> so Bango, in all his charismatic, like, ability explains that what the rope is now the rope is this brown substance that they've been putting an extra little thing that they put into the drug that from what i understand is meant to kill and or sterilize people they don't like i think only sterilize it sterilizes because didn't he say it was meant to be like their experiment into their final solution but their final solution is to create a final generation of people they don't like I think uh, they yeah. experiment loosely. Not it's like, a little softer than they say, don't, straight up like eugenics because they well, don't. Well, they don't. Yeah. U- they don't ever use the word eugenics, but it's like implied this is oh. meant to be their eugenics. Hey, do you think this movie these guys are Nazis at this mm-hmm. point? No, I mean it's like ugh. I know, like it, it's a little at this point of the film, it's a little bit beaten over the head. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that it was ba- Bango who like explains this because yeah. then like Griff asks him like. In a way where almost he wants a different answer because uh-huh. he ends up explaining like I would die for a uh, Billy Joel or whatever the fuck his name is. And, <laughs> and he says it's Gary, like oh, it's I'm, Gary Lee Lewis, Gary Lee Lewis, Jerry Lee, right. Gary, Jerry, Gary Lee. Dude, like the title of this film, I will give you like so many different answers. But uh, he explains where he's like, oh, I die for him. Like, mm-hmm. and it's almost like Griff wanted a different answer in a way. <laughs> yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So like he tries, gonna... he tries to pull him in on it because, like you see earlier, like Griff's kind of sweating it. He's looking at the clock. He finds mm-hmm. like he finds uh, what is ostensibly a lead pipe, but it's actually like a PVC pipe. Because uh, yeah, yeah, because it's like, like he knows this isn't going to end well for Bango. Hides mm. it somewhere, uh, and then like again, he's giving Bango a lot of chances to be a jerk, and you just end up loving Bango more because he's like, uh. "Wait, what about my little brother, dude? He's on the drug," and he's, he's like. You know what? I think he's going to be okay, dude. He's only done it a couple times, kind of a, like yeah. Right. It's like really oh, Bango, supportive. just be a jerk, you know? Like, yeah, don't, don't be cool, like, Bango. Stop being nice here. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's coming too. Eh. Mm-hmm. You no, know, they, like they, they, they know what they're doing. They did this on purpose. Yeah. yeah, he 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 embodies the whole banality of evil because uh-huh. it's like it's kind of like um 
like when Hitler was 19, he like gave all of his inheritance to his sister. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. it's kind of like that, where it's like there's these moments of like humanity because it's like, man, you kind of like Bango, mm. <laughs> you know, like it's it's that it makes it's like, like, except for one thing, he'd be a cool guy. Not like a murderer. That one thing is fascist. Fascist, <laughs> you know? yeah. psycho. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like the, the, the whole thing in overview, it's like if they were just a drug peddling gang, I could almost be like, you know. It's the future. Who knows? Yeah. Like, if you weren't trying to sterilize everybody and weren't racist, <laughs> yeah, right? I could maybe Seriously. be you. You weren't oh, like, pretty clear the entire time what your intentions were. Yeah. No. Seriously. I did like that plot point, though. Like, they mm. worked in, like, their eugenics into the drug. I thought that was kind of clever. Like, if not, like, a whole, you know, mustache-twirling villainy as mm. if they weren't villains enough. And, like, earlier, too, like, the cop, Jaworski uh, Crystal, says... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, oh, uh, roller boys aren't supposed to do the drug, but I got I got drawers full of them who couldn't stop themselves from doing it. You know, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it happens. But mm-hmm. anyway, two dipshit cops fucking get in. Yeah, the How do they get in? Like, hey, they Griffin, blast a hole in the door. Uh, stand oh, back, we're gonna blast the door, and that's where like Bang goes like, uh, hit the switch. Uh, oh, uh, for, sorry. So the other part that kind of left out here that's just adorable is the like, the whole day long. This corner boy is coming up to the van oh yeah yeah to get to get um the cash they how they get paid get drugs to get drugs Mm -hmm. to get the drugs to sell to drop off their cash and it was like oh this kid's so cute kids like this give give him a little extra (laughs) it's just yeah Mm -hmm. again you just you love bango by the end of the scene it's like stop making me like you you nazi piece of shit (laughs) these Uh, drugs that look like candy so it's just like you see what's going on here you know like i mean that's pretty like I mean, that's appropriate to the character because that's like pretty camouflage nefarious. <laughs> like, isn't, that's kind of fucked up. But isn't the rapper in, isn't it kind of like Jamaican flag colors? It looks like Fruit of the Loop. Like, it's honestly. Like a rainbow like, spray of like. Color. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's a I few couldn't tell. Things. Like, again, because the movie's yellow is fucking it, shit. And it looks secondly, like a fruit roll up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it definitely actually. does look like a fruit roll up. <clears throat> yeah. Like, more than anything. So, I don't um. Know. So yeah, the cops are like, hey, Griff, stand back. And then Bango's like, uh, hit the switch. And this is when Griff pulls out his pipe and he's like, Bango, just like, be cool. And Bango's yeah. like, stay not, down, not he cool. says. And, but Bango's uh, not going to be cool because Bango is 300 pounds of muscle. Yeah, Bango's <laughs> quite quite a bit larger than um, than Griff. And they fight and like the cops just barely come in before Griff's going to get his ass handed to him and shoot Bango in the back, shoot Bango in the belly. And this is like where you realize... Um, these two cops just came by themselves. They didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've also improbably been sneaking through the the yard. I wish they would have just left all those scenes out, but yeah, yeah. Scenes them sneaking mm-hmm. and sneaking and getting in and like taking out the guards quietly. It's that's that's a little bit ridiculous. But um, yeah, because it's like I don't believe that. Like, no. Everything that they took the time to show us. Yeah. That wasn't one thing that I needed to see. Yeah. Because these two were shitheads. Like they're not good at yeah. their not good enough at their job. I mean, it is believable that cops are going to be corrupt, but it's yes. kind of like. Their corruption makes a little bit more sense because it's obvious, like, well, there is no money, you know, right. like mm-hmm. it, it would make it's sense. Just their methods, their methods make no sense. man. Yeah, they're just they're not they're not good characters. They're just kind of no. standards. It's a good idea. It, the film is in the film sense. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. However, who you got yeah. to arts and how it was like portrayed wasn't the best. And and this is the, the big reveal that they are, in fact, dirty cops, because he's like, oh, you're not going to make it. And he points mm-hmm. to the riff. And he's like, oh, I thought you guys were cops. And the other guy, again, this is like the Meanwhile. most overacted line of the whole movie. He's it's got great. a fistful of dollars and he screams, Rip! 
bitch cops. It's, like, where, did that, where did that even come from? Dude? It's great. It, that's that's the thing that needs to be like clipped and discussed, you know, like on YouTube. For that has like, to be like a gift, the same like, way like I'd buy that for a dollar. Like that has to be turned. Yes, into like a gift, you can see the honestly. spittle like flying. You can, yeah. He really um, went for it. He put everything he had. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but this oh, is where Casey god. comes in right behind them, and she mercs the two guys with a combat shotgun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, like she must have bought that shotgun in a row, because like no mercy. How, how does this be? Yeah, no zero mercy. Doesn't give a fuck. And yeah, that's, that's the only combat shotgun. Like all the rest of the cops have regular, you know, just pump action shotguns. But she comes in with this like leech just... shit. Her hat's turned backwards. She's got like a commando jumpsuit. <laughs> and like and mercs these two dirty cops yeah she says outside talking to griff something along the lines of well i don't look like a cop i was like you're dressed like a fucking swat team member yes <laughs> yeah you're literally like pouches that's i don't think that's what they're talking about i just push because she's like a blonde girl so the yeah. idea of like you know but, but i'm like but it was the way the whole like extreme I, I can't remember did she say it and then he was like nah Someone uh, did. It was dumb. It was really dumb. It was, it was just like, really dumb. You haven't looked like a cop this entire movie. You've literally looked like DLC characters in a fucking <laughs> Fallout game. Like, <laughs> yeah. accurate, accurate. It's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> and so, and then uh, Jaworski shows up. The rest of the cavalry shows up. And this is where we learn. Like, he was like, "Yeah, I, I kind of thought these guys were dirty. I'm glad we ended it this way. I, I'm not too into courts." Jesus fuck. Again, Jarowski, <laughs> totally relatable. Hates fucking paperwork. Love this guy. <laughs> He's love him. What the, the, that raises other questions. What are the courts look like in this world? But fuck, and man. Then, yeah, he says something to something to, to Griffin. He's like, oh, don't cry. You know, you, you made it all right. Like, mm. as, as it turns out, Trans- he almost, he almost got murdered without mm. any, you know, protection I, from myself I get the sense uh, that's he... it right roll credits right oh no. yeah yeah well, no oh no this is where it gets weirder because uh with that comment you have to like believe that they must have executed every roller boy that was left on the premises but then right. like the cops are all like okay it's miller time they're taking off and like the roller boys roll up on them and mm-hmm. there's like a there's like an exchange like a I, I thought when people were in custody, like they have the cops surrounded now, so the cops are in. No, I don't no, know. What's going on. They this were just is so poorly conceived. Yes. I think I think <laughs> with, with the only way that I can like reconcile this is to, it's like you know in a lot of cyberpunk uh, media, like the cops are basically just another gang. Well, that must be the case here. Mm, I would I would say so. Yeah, well, the, the way they too, square you know, off, like, the cops take all the drugs and all the money into these police like evidence bags and like, mm-hmm. they're definitely getting all the evidence and then like yeah they square yeah. off here and uh gary lee's got uh, uh milty as a hostage and there's like a big exchange and you know the cops are all just kind of like, standing around in front of the roller boys who are all standing around it's weird and what well, do we get here's, what here's do we do? the thing this is supposed to be a giant conflict scene right this yeah, is supposed yes. to be like the big climactic confrontation that like ties everything up and instead what we get is griffin trying to bargain with gary it's so weird griffin or even milty's life but the cop is like you can't bargain so yeah. there's no point it's like, not, it's no, it's like that, that griff has any agency in this he's just like i'm gonna just come over here and i'm gonna talk to the villain you guys hang back and the cops just like, i did we're not doing any deals it's like no. 
It's like yeah, Kurt I, Russell and Big Trouble in Little China. Like you're not the main character in this moment, sir. Yeah, like, I do. You appreciate- have skates on. You have no gun. I do appreciate the weird dystopian cop is like, no, we're gonna kill all of them. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, we're not arresting anyone. We're not making you, deals. Fuck your uh, brother. Yeah, and that, that that's the other thing about it too. That's just like a, so. Griff was in the trailer, ostensibly in his you know his vans or whatever, his tennis shoes, and now he's back on rollerblades. Just because see anyone take them off or put them on. This is no. true. This see, is very because, true. You know why? Because they're a fucking nightmare. It takes a while. Yeah. Yes. It would it, the movie would be four hours long. <laughs> they no. have to I'm sure they have to cover each other while they're putting them on and off. Well, oh. I'm sure if like oh god, I'm sure if they made this like today, they would be like weird cyberpunk boots that would turn into like rollerblades. They would be clip ons. They would be wheelies. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, no, wheelies aren't clip ons, they're actually like heelies. Heelys, yes. Heelys. We would like see that. Whatever, the f- whatever they're called. Ankle breakers. Yeah. And this is the part where you, you really realize, like, Yorowski, the cops, it's, you know, at first they're like, what is Day of the Rope? Is it the violent uprising against the state that we're tinting at? Because if not, yeah. the, the cops literally couldn't give a shit. Like, right. <laughs> they don't they, care. They took all the drugs, they took all the mm-hmm. money, and this is the part again. Griff is like trying to like sort of bargain, but he can't really bargain. And he has Gary no Lee's not realizing that he can't bargain so i guess gary lee's talking to the cops but griff is talking to gary lee and he says what do you want (laughs) this could have been funny yes gary lee's like the drugs dum-dum yeah (laughs) god (laughs) oh man and then we are like no (laughs) yeah we're not gonna do that why would spread out let's go yeah like why would we do yeah, basically, he might as well have just said rack them because then they get into fighting positions and then just like they all start shooting at each other. Yeah. It, it's and again, really there's stupid. like, you know, a big shootout it's really where stupid. it's probably better off not to be on rollerblades, but a lot of there them are. There is one amazing moment in this entire fucking firefight. This firefight sucks. Yes. This uh, this guy is rollerblading over the front of what appears to be a car or a cop car or something like that and catches a shotgun in the chest and is blown back the way they came. <laughs> and what's incredible about it is how it's edited where you barely see it <laughs> like it's, it's like a, a second and a half it's, it's like such the... a fucking waste because oh. they had to set that up i had to they rewind had... it because i was like did i just and then it i went back and i was like so mother fuck that's a great stunt yeah it's such a shame because it's just like a split second of it and that's it uh and there's no are there squibs i don't think there's even squibs no uh, okay. I mean, there's something. I mean, it's it looks like an impact is made, but it like I they, it's not like they, they used up the squid. It's, it's, not, it's it's not like Gangs of London. <laughs> so there's no, it's not. Yep. So there's a <laughs> there's another improbable firefight between the the cops and the roller boys, and I guess like Griff and Gary Lee decide to fuck zero, off zero, and do zero, their own. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Huh? But now, thanks to your co-host, I now have just. This weird Roller Boys remake, but done in the style of Gangs of London. In my I mind. want Gareth Evans. <laughs> Thank you for that. I want Gareth Evans to direct the sequel to Roller Boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want it so bad now. I just taste it. Te- teased that, but not, never released sequel. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, what God. Oh, man. <laughs> he just, like, sl- you know, he just slits someone's throat with his fucking yeah. Roller Boys or something. Like, yeah, just, like actual blades. They're just gonna be roller blades with feet still in them, like laying in pieces all over the road. <laughs> yeah, or like that one scene, like in the alleyway, where his just head just goes. Oh, what uh, a... go watch <laughs> Gangs of London. Oh, no, actually, no. If you want a good palate cleanser, go watch few first few episodes of Gang Gangs of London up to episode six. 
Yeah. Take a break with Roller Boys. <laughs> Take a break what? with Roller Boys. The feel good film, like. Uh... Yeah, yeah, Night of the Comet. You know, Night of the Comet would be a good one-two <laughs> with this. You know, you like, you feel better. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, we gotta, we're gonna wrap this. Up. Yeah, we right, do. Right. right. So the, yeah, there's, uh, there's another uh, Gr- Griffin, Griffin and Gary fuck off on another one-on-one chase, like a couple of tenth graders, ten-year-olds. Uh, sorry, and uh, it's another <laughs> this big empty warehouse with a bunch of vertical fucking posts. Another quarter speed chase. The coolest part about this chase is they actually both just run up a stairway. Like a, I thought that was impressive. It is yes. incredible. Mm-hmm. Level stairway. They lose no yep. momentum. They yep. skate right up to the stairway. It's filmed straight, so you see them mm-hmm. go like up to the left and then up to or up to the right and then up to the left into a door. Now that was the, the only old- note <laughs> I have is. Corey Ham should have shut the fucking door when he got to the top. He was literally like <laughs> yep. a minute in front of him. Like, it was like several steps. He could have done that. At least it was so impressive. Time. I could see why they just, they had that scene. In, in it the was shoes. great. It was pretty oh. impressive. It was um, pretty good. I applauded. I so, literally yeah. in my chair. It was like, yep. well done. Gary Lee catches up to him. And also at this point, um, we should point out that Gary Lee has his pistol with him, but Griffin's got nothing. He's just he, like, trying to get away. He is in, he, this is one scene. You can see in the trailer because there's, there's, trailer of him in like a crouched position knees bent rolling forward on rolling forward with his gun out in front of him Mm -hmm. so he's in like an old-timey like pistol stance but on rollerblades firing Mm -hmm. forward and he like everyone else in this movie is a terrible shot Mm -hmm. a lot of shooting i mean if you're on rollerblades yeah you're you're gonna be a terrible shot uh that's the thing i was gonna point about this i i have both Shot, shot an automatic rifle and been on rollerblades not at the same time but i would not want to do either one of those at the same time no i would be concerned yeah no that's um not. if if you care anything about accuracy so get, like, uh, gary lee's gary lee's rolling around doing his best impression of warriors screaming griffin oh my god yes <laughs> yes um, in like a more annoying like shrill voice to the point where i was getting like upset mm-hmm. it was yeah. really bad it was really high pitched um and uh you know in the course of this uh chase through the yard he's like dumping a magazine at him Such and he hits uh oxyacetylene um cylinder the As cylinder you, uh... bomb goes off basically and it's like a whole rack of cylinders luckily only one goes off uh no it's worse than that my friend that's just there's no world in which i'm not gonna think that's just a flame effect because there's no shockwave there's nothing gets knocked over where the fire mm-hmm. is nothing gets knocked over those things aren't mm-hmm. secure but yet they adr the word oh shit or something on yeah. fucking grave and he takes a roll and they, they adr a grunt when he hits the ground and i was just like all right i i that look i know why i know why there isn't debris flying all over the place here it's not safe it's never safe this mm-hmm. is all like and, and especially here but you had enough pyro for this you know, it's like you're an independent movie. You get you you get like point seventy five of a point for this. <laughs> I'm not gonna hate on it too much, but it's just like it. I didn't buy it. I totally didn't buy it. I was Consider- like, yeah. That was the part you didn't buy, considering the whole rollerblade gun fight scene. Like, yeah, it took me out of it. That was the moment. That's what took you like, out of it. I, okay. I just don't buy any. Just had to make sure. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the fake fire explosion. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, they they're chasing a little bit more and. Um, what is it? Gary Lee's reloading, and Griffin does this really cool trick where he swings around a uh, like a pole in the middle of the floor and just like clocks Gary Lee in the face with his skates, knocks him out, knocks the gun away. 
legit God, good. That was yeah. legit. That was legit gangs in New One York. One of the better boy shit. parts like, of the that whole. That was actually like something you would expect in like Chase. Maybe. Yeah. You think, it would, you think it's going to end the Chase too? Guess what? Nope. There's more. Nope. You're stuck. This uh, goes on for like another warehouse. No, no, no. no. That, that, that was the end of the main chase. Then the part, this is the part where uh, like Milty runs in. And oh, that's right. He grabs a gun because it's out of, uh, you know, uh, out of Gary Lee's reach, throws mm. it to Griff. And this is the part where like, again, Gary Lee's down on his knees and he's reaching to do his knife trick. He's got that knife mm-hmm. in his boot. Remember and he's that? looking him in the eye and he's like, no, you better kill me. Like, <laughs> yeah. The most sincere acting. You better yep. kill me right now. He's got the gun in his face. And then mm-hmm. again, Corey Haim, very improbably because of physics, pistol whips him and knocks him out. Like, mm-hmm. yep. If you pistol switch somebody and you're on rollerblades, you're just going to, you're just going to, you're just going to fall over. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. But don't worry about it because, you know, his rollerblades magically left his feet and mm-hmm. like he's stable and, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's just, he's just laying out. there. His legs look like L's because he's just on his ankles now. Like yes. he's just like, now he's stable. It knocks Gary Lee out. He does not kill him. The next scene we see is Gary Lee actually being, you know, perp walked to a car, but it's more of a perp roll because he's just like, mm, this is, <laughs> I love this. Rolling him with his lie. handcuffs behind his back. He's got a big shit-eating grin on his face. Yep. But I love this fucking cop just rolling him on his skates like he's like Hannibal mm. Lecter on a gurney. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then we see Griff. We see that the EMTs have applied more hair gel uh, to keep his, you know, to keep his dew stiff. He's the Thank lead God. singer of Static X now. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, there's a bunch more words and stuff. I don't know if there's anything else like of note to be said, except like at the very end, you see it's uh, it's quite a nice ending. It's uh, Casey is driving off in the motorhome with um, with Griff and with Milty and with Speedbagger, and they've got a really nice you know GPS system in theirs. And mm-hmm. uh, the they CD decide that, um, to get away from everything, they're going to go to get away from all the Nazi gangs. They're going to go to <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Because the so Pacific bad. Northwest is famously Nazi free. Right. Yeah, imagine like, hey, we want to get away from all these fascists. Where do we go? I don't know, Oregon. Let's go to the wilds. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We're, 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 oh, man. But this so is 1990, so I'm trying to think here. When was uh, Ruby Ridge? When was... Yeah, it's... Like, it's they're, they're there, it's, it's, but it wouldn't be a, like the problem it would be later. And like, yeah. we get some sequel bait, too, because... You were right. You should have killed him because he's in his prison cell and he's given ample access to uh, spray paint. His accountant has, yes, a, he has desk a fucking accountant in his with a jail desk cell. in his jail cell, d- still doing business. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's we a drug lord in jail. To buy some property. In, or saying, uh, in Oregon. Yeah, I yeah. want to buy some property in the Pacific Northwest. Dot, dot, dot. His accountant's like, why? He's like, oh, yeah. And then they cut back and they're like, do you think you can find us there? And it's like, Jesus, fuck. And also, spray paint in a 10 by 10 cell, not a great mm. idea. Unless you huff it. Yes. <laughs> Unless that's the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. You can. It can. Mm-hmm. Fuck and, you. Uh, and yeah. It. And sadly, we, we never got a sequel. I was. You know, I'm astonished. Yeah, when you consider like, what they make sequels for that this hasn't been made again. So that, again, that's the like, thing. And t- talking oh, about ahead. this, sorry, I, I didn't want to cut you. Off. We were talking about no, this earlier. Uh, I remember this movie being very bad and like much to laugh at. And watching and, it and again to the be second clear, time, it is not good. No, but watching it the second time, whoa, I, I did in 2023. Like it. It did very much hold up for a number of reasons. And I have to wonder, like, did my taste in, in movies get worse that I think this is good now? Or did the, the movies that were being offered just get so shitty that now I'm looking back at this thinking, that was that was gold. 
I don't I'm know. Like, I'm gonna, I, I, I can let you off the hook with that. Because, like, as you get older, yeah. I think you definitely get the, the, the fucking ability past the age of 40 where, like, you can look at a bad movie and appreciate the shit out of it because you've oh, seen absolutely. thousands of other movies of various, like, there's no best movie. There's just ones that hit you when you're in the right mood. And this one, uh, I recommend yeah. Medible, a little bit of wine. Sure. You know, <laughs> well, as someone who likes, like, you know, bad movies, like, I'm more of a bad horror movie fan myself, but, like, as someone who does, like, trash fucking cinema, I thought this was, like, a grade above that, honestly. Like, well, I th- it's I th- earnest. It is. It there does a lot of things right. You know, talking about it does a lot of things bad and just not well done. Yeah. But I think the writing was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think the writing is probably its strongest point. Its execution could could use some work. It yeah. was. Yeah. No. I, you know. well, I I don't think the writing was necessarily like great by any stretch. Is this a new? This the is no network. The story. We're good. Yes. The writing was good was enough. There were some missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know. I saw what they were trying to do, and I appreciated the effort. The pace of the film is relentless. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. actually doesn't stop uh, very, very long for anything. And everything, every time it does slow down a bit, something happens. Could so have it's done, like could have done without the weird little teenage sex scenes, but that's like eighties, nineties thing. So uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it was like they were, they were. I think they were meant to be kind of funny, and they were not. Finger licking good. Well, that well again. This is this is almost a, the a role reversal of um, uh, Keanu and Lori Petty in in Point Break. Yeah, mm. you know, he's the yeah. cop instead of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's getting him into the gang. Shit, yeah. now I have to watch. I gotta rewatch Point Break now. Fuck. Now Point Break was fun. My brain. Hold yeah. on. Yeah, no, it was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not my favorite. Yeah, uh, Kathleen Bigelow movie. I but, dig yeah. bank rapper movies so. Still blew my mind when I found out Catherine Bigelow did like Point Break. Yes. Like, I compl- it, it's just Strange information days. that just like, left. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like near dark. Like that was just information that left my brain where it's like, oh shit, Catherine Bigelow did Point Break too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man. She yeah, I would definitely. Um, I would. I would. I would definitely recommend this movie. It was a fun movie. It's worth. Yeah, it. if you, and it's free on on YouTube. So yes, yeah. I was gonna say if you got to the end of this podcast, which is way longer than it's twice yeah. the length of the film. It was a good yes. movie. <laughs> It is a really good. It is a good movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. It's it's, it it's like it's a it, it's it's a good way to just kind of like get out of your brain for a minute. It's it, even to make fun of, even mm-hmm. to like pick apart and be like, why would you do that? Like it's 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 full of interactive <laughs> moments like this. Yes, where you will gesture at the fucking screen relentlessly. I think it's obscure. Well, good job to Zero for One because it's it's such an obscure movie that like I don't think anybody knows about that. That was movie. the other thing I couldn't even find a lot of people who had reviewed it. So I yeah. was like, yeah, oh it. god. And what again, I haven't seen it since 1995. Like it's just a vague recollection <laughs> of this being wow. a ridiculous thing that I was like, someday I'm going to pan that in like a uh, MST3K type. Ver- ver- yeah, well, you know how you know Google is like shitty. And you yeah, type in yeah. this movie reviews and then like say IMDB comes up and in the preview without even clicking on it, it says it is like this many stars out of seven reviews. It's mm-hmm. IMDB. You know what I mean? Like it's been around for decades. You yeah. know, like we should have more reviews on this motherfucker at this point. And it's like it's it was such a weird one. There was one site that came up. It was like, uh, I guess uh, Roger Ebert walked out after. 20 minutes or 30 minutes of watching this movie he just walked out he's like coward <laughs> don't have time for this um, coward. but there was like uh, imdb was something like you know 5.8 out of 10 like another one was like 2.3 out of 5 and this other one was like 5 out of 5 fuck you <laughs> <laughs> whatever i can't remember what site it was but it was just like you know what 
Uh, wink. Yeah. I think for like anti-fascist media, it should be like looked at like what yeah, they fun. were doing. I w- it is fun. Like I, w- I would be interested to know what the writer and the director were like going it, for when they conceived this idea. It mm-hmm. ticks a lot of the boxes for things you should look out for, for sure. Oh my god, yes. It's like yes. really crazy. Like a lot of the parallels to like what we found out, you know, just fucking wild. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It is you know what I bet it was? I bet it was that the gang in Point Break was originally supposed to be a Nazi gang, like the surf Nazis that mm. Keanu Reeves bumps into, but they had to rewrite mm. it because they're you know, they didn't want to make him a Nazi gang for big release. With Patrick Indiana Swayze. Jones had that covered. Swayze's yeah. not going to play a Nazi, you know, but uh, yeah. it, it, it's just a lot of the same ideas, similar themes you see between the two. Like, yeah, and the, the police ch- sergeant guy, you know, Gary Busey from Point Rake mm-hmm. is, is the Yurowski. Yeah. It, it didn't feel, though, with this film, it didn't feel like they just picked Nazis because Nazi is never a word that's used in this film. It, no, it's no, just no. That, fascist I, I think, comes up. Fascist yeah. does come up. And I think they're, I don't, it didn't feel like they just picked that just because, you know, Nazi bad. I think it, like, it delved into the, delved into it pretty deeply. Like, yeah, they didn't take the easy way. No. Mm-hmm. They didn't not just give you the fucking shorthand of here's the, here's the hat, here's the uniform, here's no. the, here's the armband, you know? They thought about this. <laughs> yeah. And this is what they came up with. Yeah. A pretty good student film. <laughs> Basically, it might as well be. But uh, yeah, I'm holding out for Gangs of New York slash Roller Boys. Um, give me that level of in- violence and insanity, please. I want, <laughs> I want like Roller Boys, but like Tron light cycle shit. Oh. Uh, yeah. So in closing, I would just say uh, <laughs> Day of the Rope, Day of the Rope, Future is Ours, Future is Ours, Roller Boys Roll. Roll the boys. Uh, no. 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 I'm going to come over there and I'm going to make you huff some mist.